Welcome to Insert Title Here, a podcast which is going to pose you a very quick and interesting question. If Sonic had a pussy, would it be a snussy or would it be sussy? My name is Technical Cake Mix, also known as Adam, and I am here with these two sussy backers. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Devin. Why would it be? I'm well. On, I'm, I'm Devin Vavio, and I think it's a hedge hussy. <laughs> Why would it be snussy or or sussy? Why are those the options? Explain. Because snussy Sonic would be snussy, or it would be sussy. No, okay, it would it would either be sussy or sonussy. And I'm saying Sonessi the Hedgehog. Xander here, throwing the drink. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Insert Title here. <laughs> wow. I had that in my head. Hi, I'm Satahara, like, otherwise known as I have autism. You do. <laughs> I had that in my head, and I was just like, either Xander's going to ruin it, which, thank you, perfect, you execute that perfectly, or I'm going to break the both of them off of the bat. And Devin made a face which was just like, why the fuck would you say that? I, I, I mean, I, I was just like, uh, hedge hussy? That's, that's all I got. <laughs> I'm... I'd, I don't know what it would be, but I'd be all up in that sun hussy. Though. <laughs> hey. Oh, my all God. right. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is whatever the hell we want, because predetermined topics are for losers. However, I'm just going to get out of the way fucking now. How much Yu-Gi-Oh have you guys been playing for the past oh, week God. Master Jewel? Because I have dropped like twenty hours of my life in the Master Jewel already. Only twenty hours? That's it? Fool. Oh well, I've been off. I've been up and down doing other stuff because you know new jobs starting next week, eh? But like, holy crap! I'm falling back in love with Yu-Gi-Oh again. <laughs> my master plan is working. <laughs> well, I mean, that or like Konami actually did something halfway decent and made a game like that where you haven't got to spend a penny to get you know yeah. you want to get done done like i'm actually quite happy i've spent zero dollars on the game I, and i have a fully fledged zombie deck i threw five to to get the rest of the gems i needed to get a specific card i needed uh and that was it that's that's the only money i've spent on this game so far and i've made um two i would argue fairly solid decks one better than the other obviously um and I'm yeah. and I actually went in and I've actually learned good combos with this new deck and I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's based off of my favorite archetypes in the game and I'm having a great time. I'm I'm having a gr I'm having a great time. It's it's fun. I'm having I'm having so much fun as well with I guess the quote unquote Yugi Boomers because so I play zombies, which for those of you who don't know, the zombie archetype has more or less had the same strategy since what, 2005, 2006? Like it hasn't really changed much. I would say more like around 2008 when they actually started doing like full ass archetype decks, like with the, what, yeah. like with the first like structure decks, the uh, zombie Genesis. Yeah. yeah. The one with the kind of the red eyes, whatever it was, dragon yeah. zombie thingy. But yeah, like point is it's been like this for a very long time. And to be fair, even before the structure decks came out, the strategy of special summon focused strategy, you know, and getting a lot of monsters on the field, has really been a thing since I hate to say it, but probably like day one. And my favorite thing is you were like, I don't understand this game at all. It used to be you tribute summon to get this out, and now like people are doing ten things a turn. I'm like, it was always like yeah. that. Did you ever watch the anime? Well, here's the thing. You, yeah, the even like Kyber and Yugi pulled this weird shit off in the in the series, like Kyber especially. Yugi is always oh, I'll let Xander go. Yeah, the point. I made the other day was like fucking as you guys are have been saying it's always been about special summoning getting your beat sticks out and fucking all that shit fucking yeah. 
the reason why these these people and like me included what like up like uh seven or eight years ago whenever i first decided to start like playing the game again before i moved to, to washington fucking um we didn't know that because we were too busy, A, not paying attention to the fucking rule book because we were stupid kids who watched the anime too much and thought I could just fucking merge three blue eyes together and make the ultimate dragon that way because yeah. dumb fucking reasons. Because Kaiba didn't have a separate ultimate dragon card, bitch. You know, shit like that. Fucking, like, not tribute summoning and all that shit. Like, we didn't pay attention to how the game was fucking played, so we have no right to be like, oh, I don't, the game didn't used to be like this. We didn't play the game right. Yep. You, you didn't play the game right. You played the game casually with some friends and made up your own fucking rules, which is cool. You had fun. Those memories are valid. But the game's rules have always been this way. Yep. I think a lot Except for the draw thing. Been... You used to be able to draw. Yeah. When you were first. They, I, I, I was going to say, so the thing with, with Yu-Gi-Oh! And see, okay, so it's it's really interesting for me because I never stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I, I lulled a little bit when Pendulums came out and I, and I kind of put it down for a bit. And then I picked. I still it. don't understand that. It's still don't it's understand that. It, it's changed a lot. It used to have they used to have their own dedicated zone on the board, but I it's this isn't the place to t to teach people how to play Yu Gi Oh. That's that's what Master Duel's yeah. for. Um, but I'm like stuck. with Yu Gi Oh, I've been playing for near on twenty years now. Like like it'll it'll be twenty years. I've been playing Yu Gi Oh probably sometime next year, and it's so interesting to me seeing everybody get all bent out of shape over Master Duel because they're like, whoa, what? the game used to not be like this, blah, 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 blah. What's going on, blah, and they get all upset about it. And I'm sitting here like, guys, it's like, the game's been like this for a long time. Like, people who are complaining about yeah. Synchro Summons don't realize that Synchro Summons have been a thing for 14 years. They have been in the game say, longer than they weren't in the game. Xyz Summons cool. have been in the game for 11 years now. I mean, guys, it's... They've been around for a long time and like complaining about these card effects, complaining about these negations, complaining about the stuff like guys, all these combos, all this shit, it's always been in the game, but you never played it at a competitive level. It's like Xander was saying, we weren't playing it right. And it's not that you guys, and, and, and maybe you were playing it right. Maybe you were following the rules, doing the special summons and stuff. You weren't playing it at a competitive level. Like I have been to yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments. I have been to my locals. I have seen the decks that go off in local settings. Same. Same. And I I am completely aware of how this game plays. Like, I got way more into it recently, um, thanks to uh, not just Duel Links getting me back into playing it more, but I would say that um, making friends with uh, my friend with, with with Clinton, who's in our who's in our Discord, uh, Starcross Souls. Uh, yeah, this is YouTube channel. Uh, he. And I started talking because he runs this Yu-Gi-Oh! Discord group that I'm in. Uh, and man, like he got me way back into it. And he's he helped me learn some good combos and get some good cards going on. And I got really back into it on a competitive aspect where it's just so funny uh, seeing people think they can just roll up with like their old Dark Magician deck and be like, I set one and pass your move. And it's just like. Thanks right. for the full board break, I guess. And like, you know, I'll, I'll like, 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 it's just, it's just, I'm no stranger to this, but I'm also like, I'm also in the same boat where I'm displaced enough from the competitive scene and some of the, the ban lists that I don't know what's going on. Like when I went up against somebody who had fucking max C 
I was like, I was mad, man, because I was like, this is banned. Like, this is a this is a banned card. What's this doing in here? And like, I, I got upset, and I was mad. But then like, I I kind of like, you know what? I've accepted it. This is a meme. This is a funny card, and people are making. I have accepted it. Basically, yeah. I took off the I took off the fucking blinds, and I'm like, I have accepted it. And then like, I put Maxi in my deck. Like, man, and it's fun. I really enjoy it. But my favorite thing now is like, I like running the counters to those traps where people like to do the hand trap monster uh, effects. I'll just pop Cyframe <laughs> Gamma. I'm like, no, you don't. Thanks for the monster dick brain. And I'll play, I'll play Cyframe Gamma. Um, my, uh, anecdotal though, going back to what you're saying, even, so I was, I'm going to look at, at an event for Yu-Gi-Oh! in 13 years, maybe? Mm -hmm. Like 2009, I think was the last time I went to it. Ironically, around the time Street Fighter 4 came out, you can see my transition in life right there. Um, so for me, even back then, because synchros happened around two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven. I remember they came out because people kind of like because the first two really that were a thing. Well, first three were like junk synchron for that for starter deck, starter dragon and red dragon archfiend. There were more than and than that, but th yeah, th there were more than that. But those are the primary three because those are three you to get because two of those you can get in a ten, and one of them came in a starter deck. So a lot of people ramped red dragon and starters like, oh, these are actually good. And people really liked it because it was effectively polymerization, but with, sorry, it was fusions, but without the need for polymerization. The tuna monsters were actually cool. You know, it was like, oh, okay, this this makes sense. Yeah. I, I think actually um, a lot, if, if, if I recall, oh, sorry, I don't, I mean, I, but my brain is like, n n there was a lot around that time because I remember I had like Arcanite yeah. Magician and I had a friend who had Mistworm. Seven, Mistworm. Six Samurai. Was, six Samurai. Mistworm I don't think Six Samurais had a, a Synchro. They the, didn't have a Synchro. No, they, they, they did. Mad, no, they, they, had, very, they had a Synchro. Good. Six Samurai, uh, Shein. But, uh, um, but they were very, very good before yeah. around that time as well. You had the Dark Arm Dragon deck, you know, you had things like that mm -hmm. going on. But the problem, and it always was the same, was people would come to it. Well, like, hey, people. Well, usually, some younger people come to events, or around people who would basically be playing a deck they made. They basically bought a structure deck or a starter deck and like quote unquote added cards they got from booster packs to it, and they just got fucking trounced. And I think a lot of the problem with Yu-Gi-Oh is actually a bit more systemic, in that people grew up, you know, probably bought a starter deck with them and a sibling, played those starter decks, and thought, oh, this is how the game really is. They didn't really go any deeper than that. And I think that's where it comes in because it wasn't really until that zombie deck came out in what 0809 when strategies were built into structure decks. Which one are you thinking of? Are you thinking of the Vampire Genesis? Or are you thinking the one that with Red Eye Zombie Dragon? The one with the Red Eye Zombie Dragon. Okay. That's the one I remember because that was like because I was already running zombies at that time because ill blood was a huge thing, and then that came out and it just made it so much easier to get certain cards, particularly Zombie World. Uh, I think came out with that deck. And like it just revamped zombies entirely, and I was like, "Oh shit! Here's the new zombie meta, boys." Um, and that that dark, I think it's Red Eyes Darkness Dragon. I think it's called. It's something like that. Okay. Like that. That's since now been replaced with Red Eyes Zombie Necro. Where yeah. the fuck is Dragon and running in this mass? You're so right. It was it, it was 2008 when that came out. October 21st, yeah. 2008 was when the 5D Zombie World Structure Deck came out. Yeah, that thing like was like the first. I, I, I'm, I'm to understand there was a different deck released before then. I think there were there were a few or... that were released. I think the yeah. first one was it was Vampire Genesis was the first one, and uh, oh God, uh, it was a Warrior Warrior one was the other one. I think. Yeah, but like that's the one I remember like really to a lot of these people shaking them, saying, "Hey, there's a strategy here." Hey, shaking them because with that deck, you took a couple of things out put an ill blood or three in and added a couple more zombie worlds to it added a terraforming to it and all of a sudden shit just started going off the chain 
ironically, the deck I'm running now in Master Jewel is effectively the same strategy, just with more efficient value of those cards. Okay. Like it's it's scary. Yeah. Dude. It's scary. Actually, so, I like, double I is, I double checked. It was 2005 was when the structure deck uh, Zombie Madness came out. So it was actually fairly but, early into the game's life cycle. Yeah. My point is though is just that like these decks, a lot of people were just buying didn't really have any semblance of strategy to them outside of those certain ones. Like I'm thinking of like was it Spellcaster's Reign, the structure deck, which had like no fucking rhyme or reason to it, and then there was a few other ones. Um were, like, No, uh, this 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 the spellcaster one, I had the spellcaster one. Um yeah. and it, the one that was based around doing the spell counters. Okay. Yeah, it it was based around using the spell counters to bring out um the dark eradicator warlock because when you pulled it out and activate spell effects, you were popping shit on the field. And there was always like people running like structured uh, st starter deck, sorry, like Yugi and Joey and stuff yeah. like that. Particularly actually the Kaiba one, you'd say, which was yeah, terrible. Me, bro, bro, bro. Okay, real talk though. Back in the day, fucking starter deck Kaiba was the greatest strategy of yeah. all time. Nobody could beat you if you had starter deck Kaiba. Just go buy starter deck Kaiba. No, no, because the the better card, objectively, 2004. I'm not, and I'm not even saying it's Dark Magician. It was Summon Skull. It was a one tribute, yeah. 2500 attack point beat stick that if you got it out before yeah. your opponent could get out cards, you were wailing on them. Yeah, but but Every you know, but you know what, Sutter that Kaiba had. Fluid Love Dragon. Yeah, no one cares. Well, to be fair, also, if you did want to run, like, a dragon deck, you still usually started by buying a starter deck Kyber, yeah. because not only did you get a Blue-Eyes White Dragon, you got Lord of D with the uh, Suit of Flaming Dragon. You bought three copies of that deck and then just carried on. You had three Blue-Eyes. You can you want to run a Blue-Eyes deck, you can do that shit. Or you got, at least you got three Lord of Ds, three Suit of Flaming Dragons, and off you went from there. Yeah, yeah more importantly, from starter deck Kyber, you got Blue-Eyes White Dragon. I have an SDK-001, actually. It's kind of a neat card to win. But yeah, Mike, going back on topic, though, like, the um, it's kind of funny that when you run with them playing the, the jewels online because I have run into a few, mm -hmm. and the amount of rage quitters I've had because, again, the strategy I'm running is not new. The strategy I'm running is very very old. There's even characters in the original anime series in season one and season two. I forget the guy's name. Um, is it Evil Underwood? Whatever the hell his name Weevil? is. The, the zombie kid. The, zo the zombie oh, the kid. zombie kid. Uh, Bones, Bones. I think his name is. <laughs> yeah, like he runs zombies and he does more or less the same shit I'm doing. There's no one as efficiently, like. So like it's just it's not. It's it's it's. Uh, he just didn't. In the Jap, I was trying to remember like what's his show. Japanese name and it's Ghost Kozuka. No, oh, that's kind of cool actually. Yeah. But yeah, like fucking zombies have always been like this. Um, the seventh or the six samurai have been like this even before. There was a magnet warrior deck. I'm trying to remember how it worked from back then as well. Yeah. Roids were a thing. Um, the, the little machine the little roids. roids, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, show like, guards, yeah. But like, yeah, Dragon Dex was a thing. <clears throat> my parents loved the Roids one because every single oh. time, fucking, it would come up. Ever, they would immediately start making fun of the game and oh, like, yeah. "Oh, you play the hemorrhoid card?" And yeah, <laughs> um, I hate my life. My little brother's actually first like meta deck. I say meta, like a deck with a decent deck. We should say, say decent deck. Decent deck, yeah. He, he made two decks. Uh, well, he had an original deck, and then he made a Roid deck, which was very good, and he had a lot of fun with it. He was, like, 11 or 12 at the time. And then he made a uh, a beat uh, a stalling deck, which revolved around the Wicked Dread route. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then he moved on to Lightsworn, and ever since then he's been playing Lightsworns because he's a fucking degenerate. Lightsworns are uh, fun. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. they're, they're fun. However, hard countered by literally anything that gets rid of the graveyard. Correct, yeah. So, like, that's. I think the reason he started running that was because he knew I liked to play zombies at that time, and I needed the graveyard. So he's like, all right, we'll both use the graveyard. And it was kind of a way oh, to wind cool. me up. And now he's been playing Exodia decks because he's kind of at that point where he just enjoys shit posting decks, yeah. meme decks, basically. And that's and I think that's fine. Like you should enjoy here's the thing about Yu-Gi-Oh! Enjoy what you wanna play. Like play what you wanna play. Oh yeah. And if you The big okay. The big issue with Master Duel and returning Yu-Gi-Oh! players is that they just wanna play the decks that they played when they were younger. And that's fine. That's perfectly good. I get that, man. I I still play Dark Magician to this fucking day. I, I still have a Dark Magician deck. But here's the thing. So many new cards have come out. So much support yes. has come out. And the game has changed in such a way that, that you cannot just play like two cards and end your turn and, and expect yeah. to win. And... I, you know, I learned that the hard way, you know, I, I, I was getting bodied by people in such a way that it's just like, man, I can't play the game at this point. So I have to, I have to change shit up and, and learn how to play the game. Yeah. And then they get mad at the game. Like, oh, this isn't what Yu-Gi-Oh is like. You're not supposed to do this. I'm like Yu-Gi-Oh has always been like this. It has always been like this. Back to what Xander was saying. The game has always been like this. What was the degenerate strat in like 2004? I remember what Yadagarasu lock. Yeah. Yadalock. That was it. That was it. Yellow Lock and I was one with the Catapult Turtle, I think. Yeah, Catapult Turtle, Magical okay. Scientist. I'm FTK. sorry. We do, uh, mm, yeah. Yadagarasu Lock is the worst fucking most degenerate yeah. god. That and fucking Jinzo this back was in the fucking days, the most goddamn degenerate fucking old classic strategies that ever happened. Yadagarasu Lock is the Ooh. least fun Yu-Gi-Oh has ever fucking been. And there are people out there bitching that fucking Yu-Gi-Oh isn't that era anymore. Fuck you. I have yeah. no sympathy for your dumb <laughs> yeah. ass. For those who oh, don't know, God. for those who don't know, Yadalock is basically a state of the game where you play the the monster card Yadagarasu, um, and essentially you make it to where your opponent can't draw cards and their board is wiped and they can't do anything. So you basically lock them out of the game from playing and they have to surrender. In fact, you can still do Yadalock uh, in uh, one of the Yu-Gi-Oh games that came out recently, the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, Link Evolution for the Nintendo Switch and several other consoles, um, you can do Yadalock, and I, I saw someone do it, and I was just like, that is stupid. Why would you do that? It's still banned, isn't it? Y Yadagarasu? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I believe it's still, still locked. I, I'm not sure. And this... Sorry. I, I, I'm fairly certain Yadagarasu is still locked because of Did... Yadalock shenanigans. Didn't that card come with, like, the Pegasus deck or the Joey deck as well? I remember that deck that card being really easy to get. Um, like I it, no, it was, it was it was in uh, Legacy of Darkness. Uh, Legacy of Goku two for Game Boy Advance. Shut up. <laughs> one day, Sander. One day. Um, yeah, I just remember being really easy to get, and Jinzo was banned for a little while as well. At least we forget before it came into uh, single for a long time, and now it's unlimited because there's Jinzo's good. Don't get me wrong. But there's way better stuff than Jinzo. No, no, Jinzo was never banned. Can I swear it was banned? No, it was it was unlimited and semi-limited throughout most of its existence, but it was never banned. 
but most of his existence as if we fucking sent goddamn the entire fucking Jinzo fucking card archetype to the Shadow Realm, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> okay, Jinzo deserves. I'm reading this right now. You're right. Jinzo deserves spot for winners for a long time, but managed to escape by with limited and semi semi limited status throughout yeah. six existence. That sounds like a comic However, book reader article. Yeah. Hmm? Is that a comic book reader article? No, I'm just going through. I'm going through the his, the the history of these cards. Adam, but... it's actually uh, screen rant. So close enough. Oh but God! Going through Fuck! It. I hate. Super... Okay. All right. No. No, we uh no. Adam brought up the fucking unho the, one of the unholy duo of sites when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh. Screen Rant and Comic Book Reader always putting out fake fucking Yu-Gi-Oh facts. Like, hmm, Jizno is one of the most uh, notorious and worst cards. He was notorious and bad because this kid named Chris in my fucking middle school class, <laughs> fucking who had more money than everybody else did. Bought him and an entire fucking deck built around locking us out of our trap decks, which is the only thing we could fucking afford at the time, and fucking dicked us. You got dicked by a rich kid. Comic book reader, screen ranch, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It's not the most expensive card in the fucking game. No. But but no, it is true though. Um Jinzo was limited for, for a while, but now it's it's unlimited because it's just not yeah. it's not good. I mean, like, yeah, stopping traps is okay, but here's the thing. No one plays traps anymore. Very rarely. Like, like yeah. some decks do require... I have two traps in yeah. my deck, and they're both Solemn Strike. Yeah, Solemn Strike. Like, you're only going to see, like, Solemn Strike, Infinite Impermanence. You, you'll, you'll, uh, uh, Imperial Order was, or, or Imperial Decree. I don't know. I got chewed out by... by... <laughs> Let me look at the fucking yeah, ban I, list. Hold on. Before I... I... I have four traps in my deck, and two of them are met... No, metaverses. Right, I can only run one metaverse, and I put in a um, terraforming as the other one, and uh, two needlebug nests. Apart from that, like yeah, Imperial Order just got banned. That was when people were using because that's like negate all spell effects on the field. That's really good. That stops all spells. Yeah, like you can't. They can't. I, yeah, I'm tempted to take out. Uh, something to put a mirror force in. I'm not gonna lie, just because like it's a little annoying dealing with. This is just as a pure last resort because I'm getting so annoyed at fucking. Uh... <laughs> I don't understand the pendulum archetype. I don't understand the. Pe I just I just nod and go uh huh as it comes along, and at the end of it, there's like a five thousand century point monster on the field. Yeah, sure, no. whatever. Get Adam, if you board. want, if you want to deal with, <laughs> if you want to get rid of pendulums, if you want to stop pendulums and a bunch of pendulum summoning, you know, what, you know the cards you need, Adam. What's the card I need? It's it's Nibiru. It's, it's Nibiru, the oh, primal Nibiru. bearing, bearing or blue eye spirit okay. dragon. No, because Nibiru, what it does... <laughs> so Nibiru is a really cool card because its effect is when your opponent summons uh, five monsters in one turn, you tribute all yeah. monsters on your opponent's side of the field and then summon a giant rock to their side of the field. <laughs> I love that. Ali has done that uh, to me so many times. And I just kind of sit there like, you know what? Well, fuck me, I guess. And then Spirit Dragon, <laughs> if you summon him, makes it to where they can't summon two more than two fucking monsters for whenever they do a pendulum duel or a pendulum thingy. Oh, mm -hmm. Speaking of blue eyes, I really pissed off. I told, I put this in the Discord. I think it's a blue eyes chaos max dragon, whichever one it is. You can't be destroyed by battle. The ritual, chaos yeah. Max. Yeah. So you can't, you can't be destroyed by battle. And you can't be destroyed by card effects, right? So this dummy destroys my Doom King Baldric. Now, as you don't know, it's a zombie card. Uh, during standby phases, if it's in the graveyard and there's a field spell in play, you can special summon it to your side of the field in defense position, right? Mm. It's got a secondary effect, um, which can only be activated by chaining it to another monster's effect. The zombie so monster. You can choose effect. one or the other. 
Uh, zombie monster effect, sorry. Uh, nah, I've already got zombie world in play. So yeah, all monsters are zombies whatever. at that point. However, so I special it to my side of the field again. I have in my hand, I have Unizombie. Unizombie's effect can basically, I can activate its effect and I can shoot, I can raise another monster level by one, right? Uh, to do that, there's a cost. I can either discard a card or I can remove one card from my graveyard to my deck. So what I do is I activate that effect and then I chain Doom King to it. Doom King's effects, I can either negate that effect or I can choose to remove a card from play, not ba- not not destroy, remove from play from the field or graveyard. So bye bye, big old blue eyes bastard dragon. Your field's now empty, and I throw a glow up from my deck. I throw into my graveyard a glow up bloom. Special summon another Doom King Baldric, and I'm just like, now fucking what? Yeah. Dude, rage quit. So now he's got at Dude, that point you've got you've like, got two negates and two spins. <laughs> well, actually not. You can only yeah. do one of the effects per turn, but you've got a negate and a spin yeah. on the board. I've got, I've got a neg- yeah, correct. Yeah, and I've got you know, and like I think we went back and forth a little bit to that point. He just been kind of annoying me because he just kept. Yeah, he kept doing basically just doing like no you don't type things like it was I think a, a two I got Ash Blossom twice I got fucking Mirror Forged once I got fucking Swords Revealing Lighted at one point I was like getting really annoyed at this dude and I'm like you're basically playing a slightly more advanced Yugi Boomer deck and I was like you know what fuck off and he rage quits right there and there as I'm about to do the, the, the blow to take him out and I'm like you bitch yeah, you so like fucking bitch. I was I was saying like you still got rewarded for losing and shit, but I've hit this point in fucking Master Duel where I no longer get even fucking points for the goddamn uh, duel pass whenever I lose. So at yeah. this point, oh. instead of just fucking sitting there and getting your cheeks clapped for fucking three turns because somebody's got to do their combo, I, I I just fucking go ahead and surrender at this point. It might not even be a rage quit if you understand that you're fucked at this point and you surrender. It's like all right. Yeah. Now this was definitely a rage quit because it was like mid. A connection has been lost to opponent was the message that popped up on the screen. Like the dude. Okay. Yeah, there. that's a rage quit. That yeah, the guy that closed the screen. Yeah. That was a rage quit. Oh I mean, I got like, I got hand. mad yesterday because this guy. So I okay. So I was playing against a true Draco deck. I I, I promise we will off the Yu Gi Oh subject soon. And there's other things we'll talk about, but. I was dueling this true Jayco deck, which is a deck that's based around tribute summoning, which you can tribute summon spell and trap cards to summon them, which is a, you know, it's an interesting mechanic. It, I don't really care, but it's, it's, it's a mechanic nonetheless. So I was, I lost, I was losing, uh, and the guy played a card that made sure I couldn't do any monster effects, which stopped my main summoning mechanic, which was Queen's Knight, King's Knight summoned to, you know, basically I couldn't do any, yeah. any effects anymore. And that a majority of my summoning effects were monster effects. So at that point, I mean, like, well, I lost. I can't do anything. That's life. Oh, well. And I had, I was going to go in my turn. And then, and I was just like, well, this guy's already won. I'm just getting in my turn and let him take the win. Before I could end my turn, he summons like three other monsters. And, and it was still during my ending of my turn. It says, would you like to see your main phase? I'm like, yeah, I would. And I hit yes. And I just walked away from the, from the duel. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Fuck you. Like you want your win? Then sit there and wait for it. Cause that, that honestly pissed me off like there's one thing inherently toxic about card games that i i am guilty of doing i've done it before i will admit i'm absolutely guilty of doing this and it's comboing so much to prove a point and being an asshole when you don't need to do that when you're gonna win with just one attack or one move and that is the most infuriating fucking thing is just when people do that shit and it, it just it just pisses me off so much the rage quitting is funny because I I'm so deeply ingrained. Maybe it's from just playing fighting games, you know, for 13 years at the level I did. 
Um, I just refuse to rage quit. I will sit there and let you beat me down and get the final life points. I just, I, I can't do that. I cannot rage quit like that. I just can't do that. I can't surrender. I'm just going to take it like a man till the very end because like, fuck it. At this point, you've earned it. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, and I understand that. I, I get that. But it's just like when you keep going when you don't need to is when I get really frustrated. Like the guy had the win. I had nothing on the field and I had King's Knight in face up attack position and no cards in my hand. Like, yeah. what was I well, going to do? The thing is, I also, like, maybe it's just in me. There's always, like, a little tiny bit of just, like, all right, enjoy your win. I also don't... It's just not me making fun of you. I don't get as angry as you do at video games. I also find it very hard to get angry at video games. Maybe that's how I was so zen through playing Bubsy 3D. Like, it takes a lot to get me angry at a game. Well, see, I don't... <laughs> Particularly in a multiplayer setting, it takes me a little angry. I'm like, oh, well, they worked this out better than I did, so well done. Yeah. Carry on. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Like, I get, like, I get mad... At video games, I yeah, I will fully admit that. Of course, I fucking do. I I I know that, but it's not so much single player games I get mad at. Like yeah, I got frustrated with Bloodborne, but that's fucking Bloodborne, and that's that's yeah. difficult. That's a kind of a hard game. I, I got hype at Bloodborne. I didn't get angry at. It. I got hype. Yeah, but like, I got really really, I get mad at multiplayer games because, I guess it's just like. When I play online, I've got performance anxiety. And if I feel like I'm not doing well, I get mad because I could be doing better. But then it's also mm. dealing with people who are being tremendous fucking assholes that I'm playing against make the game experience infinitely less fun. It's just like jumping around when you're going to win or like like when I'm almost dead. It's just like, would you just stop and just finish the fight already so I can move on to the next one? Or would you stop comboing so I can go already? Like, like you're doing unnecessary shit to be an asshole. Yeah. Like, it's cool that you learn how to do that, but you don't need to do that. The The game was fucking over. So I just wonder now, because you, you mentioned performance anxiety there. Were you the kid in class, like, when you are in school or college or whatever, when it came to, like, giving presentations, were you the one who did the talking primarily, or were you kind of the, uh, was it someone else did the talking? Oh, I always did the talking. Okay, that's interesting, because I was always, like, even in university, and I was talking to, like, I think the biggest crowd I've ever addressed, like 800 people, I had no issues with it. Yeah, I had some people who just could not do that. No, I have like, I have, I am always the first person up on the stand. Like, I'm always the first gotcha. person to go. Like, like if there's something that needs to be done, I'm on it. I'm just like, let's go. Let me do it. Yeah. I'll go first. Because like, I, I have no issues addressing. I don't have a problem on it. Like, I don't have a problem making ass out of myself. Like, I don't have a problem with people yeah. laughing at me for doing something stupid or making a mistake. That's not it. But it's just like when it's when it feels like it's something that I practiced at and something I I tried really hard at, and yeah. then someone else is also doing it at the same time as me. It, it it's I don't know. I think that's what makes me frustrated. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because I must I must admit, like getting angry at video games is just it's very hard for me to get angry at a game. Like I get comedically frustrated. Am I you know joking with you guys? Ah, but it's very clear I'm joking. You know. Yeah. Um, the only time I've really actually gotten angry at a game, and I realize it's not multiplayer games. Like I can get, I might get annoyed like at some cheap shit in a fighting game, be like, oh god damn it! But then I'll go like, all right, training mode. We're working this out now, so you know what to do. Um, but like the, the only thing I really get angry at is when it's something that's outside of I guess player control. Mm -hmm. Like again, I might get annoyed at like I don't know, just thinking back to these stuff I used to get annoyed at in uh, Street Fighter Four. I might get really annoyed at like blankish shenanigans because just you know, Blanco was always kind of a fun fun broke out. You never ran into, you never got to practice the matchup much. But I made a point to learn it. 
um i got really like i think actually angry at a good game a couple of times and i think the biggest one that sticks to my mind because the game was so fundamentally broken on such a fucking level on every goddamn aspect was colonial marines um we're not going to go on that rant you already made a video about I'll that for a while i already made a video about that and we don't want zan to start up on that rant either but like the game just not fundamentally functioning yeah half of the fucking time um mighty number no. nine actually is another one as well same issue that's so weird because i didn't uh, i didn't get mad with that i got i got you got very frustrated, got frustrated but you didn't yeah you didn't hit the level i did but i also to be fair i think you i may have let you off a little bit easy by sending you a ps4 copy yeah. of it the mistake i made was probably the wii u copy um which According to some, runs the best out of the lot. According to others, runs the worst out of the lot. So I don't fucking know. Um, I mean, you watched my stream. I wasn't having any yeah. performance you troubles. You're not having fun at all. Yeah. You're not having fun I was, at well, all. You were I, just no, like, I that's a lie. That's a lie. I had fun at one part. Mm. I would argue I had fun at one part. And that was after I unlocked the, the zero character, quote unquote. And I started using oh. his power. I My fun factor went through the, like, like went like dramatically increased which isn't saying much because it's my number nine but i mean yeah it, i was having a lot more fun by that point because i was able to play at a speed that i wanted to play at which was dash and slash Random like that's what his name is ray ray that's yeah it. like i like i like it's no secret i love Mega Man zero that's that that's my favorite one of my favorite game franchises Best Mega Man series hands down it, absolutely it's up there it's like Tied with Battle Network for one of my favorite Mega Man games. Like, like it's my favorite platform Mega Man. It's my favorite action platform Mega Man. Uh, yeah. My favorite, like, you know, RPG Mega Man is, well, you know, I think the only one. Uh, <laughs> Mega Man Battle Network. But still. Um, Star Force is an RPG, isn't it? It's the same universe as Battle Network. So it's the, oh, so it's, you just included it under that? Kinda, yeah. I mean, it's it's different characters, but there's even a crossover between the two. So and it's got the same, it, not the same grid based fighting, but it's also not as good. And I don't want to talk about that. But um, <laughs> with that being said, when I got to play a, a action platform game and they gave me a sword, I'm gonna play it like I'm playing Mega Man Zero, and that's dash slash and hash bagash, you know. I'm I'm yeah. having fun. So it's it, nah, that's not to say it was a good game though. It was not. It was not a good video game. Um, What's interesting is I've, I've played oh other fundamentally no. broken games, and like even I haven't gotten that angry at it. Yeah, like, but I, thinking I, thinking back to like uh, I was playing. I'll give you a segue to what you earlier talk about. I was playing recently Gundam Side Story on Dreamcast, which is not a good game. Oof. Fundamentally very broken on a control scheme forward, but I was like, okay, whatever. It's dumb, and it's kind of moved on with my life. Um. But I know I just mentioned Gundam, and Devin has been having a lot of fun with Gundam recently. So it's, we've been half an hour on Yu-Gi-Oh, so let's spit it to Gundam. Yeah. Well, before we do that, I, I feel like Xander <laughs> wants to talk about what he's doing, because I think he's playing Pokemon Legends Arceus in the middle of our fucking podcast. Look, man, I'm not playing it right now. Dude, really? I just got hyperbeamed in the face. Oh, cool. I caught it. Um, but fucking... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't have much to add to the Yu-Gi-Oh conversation. I'm having fun with the uh, Master Duel, but like, uh, it's it's frustrating. Um, I feel like I feel like I've already hit a wall as far as like the the gem payout goes, and they're just not giving yeah. me anymore. Yeah, you're gonna. I'm still at the point where they like, give me a shitload of gems. Both I've only done like a little bit of the single player. So, so, so here's the thing with. The way that Konami does games like this, it's going to be a lot like Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, where 
you'll have a little a few jewels coming in daily when you do your daily stuff and then you do your daily rotations eventually there will be events that you will participate in and you will get more gems and more crafting materials to make the cards that you want so give it time the game is still in its early beginning stages and on anniversaries and specific dates in the Yu-Gi-Oh uh world and, and fandom you will get more gems like on Yugi's birthday they gave away like 500 gems and Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links and and stuff and sometimes whenever they release new packs they they would do this in Duel Links where they give you enough gems to get the pack if you want to buy the new 10 of the new pack or if you want to just straight this up This is just justification for time waste mechanics. I mean, I'm just saying if you want more gems, you'll you'll get more gems to stick with the game. I mean, I I like I got the deck constructed that I wanted to without paying a cent like I'll give them that they mm -hmm. did a really good like design on like the way the crafting goes but there's already seeming like there's a hard block on shit to want you to like pay for for shit and I get that like it's a free to play yeah. game they want a return on investment but they've clearly reused a lot of assets from Duel Links they didn't invest a whole lot of shit into that because there's still glitches and stuff that they haven't fucking completely ironed out on that like I don't want to detract. It's a good game. It's a it's a solid like eight out of ten experience. And I don't want to like. I'm not trying to shit on it. I in the the very slight chance that there's somebody who has any say in how the game goes ever comes across this stuff. I want there to be like a hey, maybe we got the craft mechanics and all that kind of stuff. Let us like like in Duel Links and stuff. We have the two currencies. You you're constantly getting that gold stuff. Whatever you do, like if you hit a hard block on the gems or whatever in Duel Links, you're still getting gold, and you can spend that gold on like whatever the the fuck Duel Links like Cards. excuse like, for the you crafting can, you system can, it was. You can trade uh, stones and and coins for cards. Yeah. So like. I hate to split the currencies because I don't like the idea of two currencies. It would be just easier to increase the, the gem payout, but I understand it's a free-to-play model and you still need to make make money off of it to some extent. So if there was like a gold mechanic or something where you could still earn that kind of stuff even once you hit that hard block on gems and there's no events going on, that instead of like trading in for cards or whatever, you can trade in for like fucking crafting materials. Not a whole lot to so you don't unbalance the game or whatever and like get, yeah. the, you still give them the excuse to like buy it, but like only being able to get the like ultra rare craft materials by breaking down ultra rare cards which necessitates me buying card packs and potentially not even getting an ultra rare to begin with and then hitting the hard block on the gems is inherently a shitty time block system and open it up just a bit more and yeah. and you're golden otherwise game's pretty fucking good like and i would also like it to like I'd like a casual duel setting myself, like where I could still get rewards. Like Duel Links had ranked, but they also had casual, and you could play casual and still get rewards for playing just casual duels. Yeah, that's that, they're quite nice. They had like a casual public option, yeah. so you could play with casual, like in like a because uh, don't get me wrong, I enjoy playing against Devin and Ali and my wife. Actually, Rip, perfect example. Someone completely new to the game has picked up this immediately, found an archetype, and gotten on with it. Yeah. Oh my god, like, I didn't expect her to, to attach. I did not expect her to attach to Preda Plant so quickly, but holy shit, yeah. she has taken so well to Preda Plant. So it's well in, it's incredible. Yeah. So it's actually Crumplins do it, beginner friendly. You totally can do it, but like I agree, there should be like some kind of casual public play option where you can play against random people, but in a casual setting. 
yeah. without like ranks involved. Because yeah. don't get me wrong, I enjoy the fact I've gotten the gold rank and stuff. But like, yeah. and there needs to be mm, there needs to be, nice be a two of three, a best two out of three thing. Of course, with me, yeah. if I lose to a deck, I don't want to see it again. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm not. I want to see this anymore. Um, but anyway, off uh, of that one subject. Okay, one, one more. One thing. more thing. One more thing. Um, hmm. it, it's mostly in bronze. It's not so much. Uh, you see it like later in uh, in uh, like later on in like higher ranks and stuff. People seem to, I guess, take your time more seriously. But having the 500 seconds to just oh, sit God, yeah. there agonizingly and let people slow play and waste your fucking time and goad you into surrendering because you just want to fucking get on with your life. I, I, I am a person who unfortunately is very aware of their mortality and the limited time that they have on this earth. And the moment I feel like something's wasting my time, I lose my shit, like irrationally. Like I can't even logically, like I just start getting mad. And I just start fucking screaming, and it doesn't matter what the stupid reason is. I'm I'm now like mad at this thing as if it's threatening my life. Please figure out a better fucking like time mechanic thing. Like, I don't I don't I, have I, answers. I, I've thought about it a little bit, like maybe like shortening the time, but have the time reset per action you take rather than per turn or whatever to incentivize like people being able to like actually do their plays, but give them enough time to plan out their plays and do their combos or whatever. But like that still has an abuse in it inherently to it. I don't really have an answer to that one. That's just personally, th that was a real, I almost, I uninstalled the game twice in, in bronze because people were doing that shit to me and it like pissed me off that irrationally. I know that's a me problem unless uh, like a uh, psychologically uh, that same issue would appear for other people, but maybe there's a better way of doing that. Uh, again, it's less of an issue once you hit silver. People know what the fuck their cards do and don't want to go to surrenders because they're pretty confident that they can just get you to surrender based off the good deck they'll own. Like what what drives me nuts um, is as well as with the rage quitting they need to like take a cue from fighting games and make like a rage quitting hell they need to actually keep track of people there's no punishment right now for rage quitting they need to fucking keep track of people rage quitting and match them with each other so that way the people who do want to fucking play properly don't get matched with these fucking well idiots. okay that's the thing though in in the card game inherently surrendering is a card game mechanic and it's not a rage yeah. quit to surrender the duel mm. so th like there's the also that's a, there's a surrender mechanic built into it just hit surrender the yeah. rage quit is like just so fucking but a lot of people when they say rage quit are counting surrenders as rage quits. So, like, when, when it comes to, like, the, the closing the client thing that you got where they disconnected and just fucking closed the whole game on you and rage quit that way, yeah, maybe a penalty mechanic for that. But I can see that accidentally yeah. affecting people who surrender as well. So I don't... That, that's well, another... There's a surrender mechanic built into the game, though. Yeah, There's already but, a hard surrender built in. If they hit surrender, don't punish them. If they rage quit, punish them. But if it works anything like the surrender draw. mechanic does in Duel Links, it's probably flagging the same thing that closing the, the client does. And it would require them to build a separate flag for surrendering and closing the client. And then would then have to... Yeah, which they is, could muddy which the waters. They can already do that, because it says when someone surrenders, opponent surrendered. If they rage quit, it says opponent disconnected. So they've already got a way to yeah, flag but, it. They can already see what's going the, on But the disconnect, the surrender, and the um, the rage quitting mm. thing are all triggering the same opponent has left the duel thing. It's all the same flag. Mm. It's just you're getting a opponent has disconnected or opponent has surrendered based on the interaction. So it's hitting the same flag. So they would have to separate the surrender flag from the, the other thing. And then, of course... Yeah. They would have to separate a, a third flag for the network one, where it legitimately the, the network fucks up because you don't want to punish people just because the fucking network fucked up. Yeah, yeah. which is unfair. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a better way to do it. They'll figure it out. It's still in its beginning stages. The game's barely even what two weeks old. He barely even a week old. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's and, and to be fair, fighting games have worked out when people have rage quit and accidentally disconnected as yeah. well before. So I suspect there'll be a way for them to work it out. 
Yeah. So so it'll it'll take time. It's still it's not even a month old yet. Give it give it time. It it will grow. It'll get better. It'll get to the level that Duel Links was at, where yeah, I was eventually just playing Duel Links every day just to play it because I like playing it. So yeah. uh, anyway, it's already more fun than Duel Links is. It's already more fun than that fucking Magic the Gathering one is, and it's already more fun than Hearthstone is to me. Because like, no, never played Hearthstone. Yeah, I, I hate. I hate World of Warcraft's like lore and aesthetic, and that's what Hearthstone is. It's, it's a card game based around fucking World of Warcraft, and I don't like that universe. Oh, no, it's inherently that. fucking boring to me because the art style fucking bores the fuck out of me. All all the dudes are burly fucking unfuckable fucking Baras. Yeah, I understand other people want to fuck Baras, but like, give me a twink here or there. Come the fuck on, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no one's honest type is now. But, uh, if I had to fuck a dude, he's got to be twinkier than me. I'm sorry. That's. Yeah, I'm realizing. No, no, I can definitely see you with a, with a twinkie side piece. Speaking of twinkie side pieces, though, um, Devon Gundam. I don't know what has to do with twinkie side pieces, but uh, oh, anyway. Amuro is a twink. <laughs> Amuro is 15. <laughs> Let's maybe not call the 15 year old a twink. He's not 15 of fucking Zeta, and he's still a twink. Well, yeah, that's different. Anyway, um, so Charles yeah, uh, I have gotten into uh, uh, Gundam. Uh, I finished the Gundam 0079, uh, the movies that were released that um, basically compiled the first series altogether. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I really enjoy it. Uh, I've been having a, a great time. Um, you know, going, going through it and learning just the story of Gundam and, um, you know, seeing all the, all the great fights and just the story in general, just, just all together, seeing it laid out has really made me appreciate, um, what Gundam is and what the series is all about, I guess I should say. Like, it's, it's very much clearly an allegory for... Uh, you know, an- anti-war propaganda. It's very much an anti-war series. Um, you know, the Zeon is quite literally, you know, supposed to be, you know, Germany. It, it, it it's you know the the Axis powers, I should say. I mean, they literally talk about Hitler in like one of the final in the final bits of the third movie. And yeah, you post that was so funny. No, okay, I'm like, what is? I, I gotta interrupt there for a sec. Zeon doesn't start out as an allegory for like Germany or whatever. The 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 point of Zeon isn't um oh Nazis are bad because yeah they are Nazis are totally fucking bad and everybody yeah. knows that the 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 point of Zeon is when the ambition of certain people becomes so great that their idealism becomes fascistic and it completely takes over and then they throw away those ideals, which is why the the nation of Zeon which starts as a, a liberation campaign, a, a rebellion against the Federation to split off in their own nation, becomes then fucking zombie fucking, like, have you heard of Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, him posting that, and he's just like, wow, so subtle. And I was just, I had to make fun of him back on Twitter. I was just like, you're telling me the series with giant fucking robots fighting giant fucking robot wars and giant fucking space colonies? Well, to be fair, uh, to be fair. Has no subtlety? No, okay, to be fair, up until that point, 
it it was not so blatantly fucking obvious like well even that conversation isn't like uh like so the way it's presented in the tweets yeah it's yeah. like a fucking like it's this obvious whatever thing yeah. in the conversation it's not comparing Zion to Germany it's they're talking about military strategies and all that and mm -hmm. so uh, yeah. When his son is like, all right, so we should be this brutal and this fucking like maddening and shit like this. And we should like do this kind of shit. They're, they're having this conversation. It's like, have you heard about Hitler? The, like this history lesson kind of thing, because what happened to this motherfucker when he stroke yeah. out and did what he did? Do we want to fucking actually follow in those footsteps? It's less of like, a, hmm, we are Hitler and more of a do you yeah. actually want to fucking be a Hitler? Yeah, and the way I presented it was I obviously wanted... in a joking context, but what Xander's saying is true. It's more of a, like, do you honestly want to strike like this man? And then he responds in kind with, like, I'll show you how a man who follows in Hitler's footsteps fights. And to which his father... Ironically... Hold on. And to which his father said, even Hitler was taken down by his own blood or something like that, by his, like, like Hitler's taken down by his own ideals. And... Well, yeah, because his strategy was terrible. His strategy was throw as much as fast as you can, which, to be yeah. fair, it worked when you're dealing with one opponent. Hitler's great mistake, well, history lesson, Hitler's great mistake was trying to fight a war on not one, not two, but three yeah. fronts and completely fucking up because yeah. you can't... He spread himself too thin and got, well, his blitzkrieg strategy completely failed yeah. when the Russians went, fucking bet. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> back to Berlin. But anyway, that's what, back to the, that's what Zabi's son is doing at that point. And he's, yeah, he's, he's fighting... Exactly he's fighting... Fucking, like, mirroring yeah. the war on three fronts and all that shit throwing everything they have it there because like at the beginning of it fucking like zeon's winning the federation's fucking running in their fucking like boots like they're trying to fucking develop a secret yeah. fucking weapon to come back against these people but because like a, a single fucking ray of hope from the federation shines on when white base fucking he just loses his complete fucking total mind just like fucking hitler does and fucking like destroys his own fucking yeah. country from like yeah. the inside out it's fucking amazing yeah it's a really yeah, Hitler got, got forced with stalemate in the Battle of Britain, and then went fuck it and tried during the Battle of Britain, and then trying to fight the Russians, and then at the same time. I can tell Devin's getting uncomfortable Japanese. with how many times we've said Hitler in this podcast. No, let's just Hitler, stop talking Hitler, about Hitler, Hitler please. Hitler, Hitler, um, Hitler, Hitler, stop, Hitler, Hitler, stop, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler. Stop. Good God. Anyway, <laughs> but like, it gets to a point where he, they literally construct a weapon that annihilates. It's a six kilo, kilometer wide blast of solar energy that annihilates a good chunk of Federation for forces and his own dad, his own father. Like he annihilates his own dad who was heading to the liberation to the, to the national or whatever the fuck they're, I forgot their name already. Uh, the, they, they was heading to the, to the, to them to, to like do a peace treaty. He's like, look, there's way too much fucking blood being spilt right now. Shit's yeah, getting out of control. Because by this point in time, half of all humanity has been fucking wiped out in this one-year war. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's got... Oh, oh, my God. Okay. So, like, for the listener at home who hasn't seen Gundam, uh, fucking, like, some some of the backstory, like, that isn't spoilers, is fucking the, 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 the principality of Zeon has risen up as this fucking like uh separate state within the earth federation from the people who live out in space and haven't had the luxury of being able to live on planet earth anymore because of like systemic fucking oppression and poverty issues and shit like that yeah. stuff that even to this day is fucking relevant and shit fucking uh, yeah. and so under the 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 guidance of uh i forget his full fucking name um zeon zoom daikun or some shit like that yeah. is his full name uh fucking um 
they've risen up as like this separatist force, but then Zeon is like assassinated, and the zombies take over the the principality of Zeon from the inside, and they, they declare that vision. they declare, yeah, they declare their independence and of like steal Zeon's ideals and his vision forward for this this peaceful future. And use his name and everything to then fucking like launch their own separatist fucking war and launch a, a, a zombie empire in Zeon's fucking name against that. So, the it starts out with like oppressed people trying to liberate themselves, then get oppressed from fucking bastards on the inside, and then everybody's fucking crossed caught in the crosshairs of this war, and yeah. then fucking they. What sets off this war finally is now under the guy the guidance of the zombies, they do a fucking colony drop on Earth and wipe out half of all fucking human life. The Earth, a majority of it's fucking un uninhabitable now. Fucking the the goddamn like climate change has fucking happened just in spades. They've committed fucking horrible fucking war criminal level fucking genocide it, yeah. it, to, to try to fucking get How the federation fun. to to recognize their independence in this fucking war and everything's fucked everything's fucked nobody knows who to fight for anymore everything's completely fucked and then it opens up a, with go ahead i was gonna say which not like like not knowing what to fight for anymore or having a reason to fight for is another massive theme and in fact i think that's one of the big themes that you follow amuro through is like what am i fighting for what's the point of fighting is it okay to fight if you have nothing to fight for and like the his whole character it's gonna be happening what am i fighting not, for okay well not to that level Sorry. but like <laughs> watching watching him go from like the first episode to like fighting to protect his home and to defend the people that that you know were on side 7 to the point where he's fighting for you know himself and and then but also trying to fight for like you know the people he 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 cares about it's so interesting to just to see that and it, it's just it's just amazing growth seeing seeing Amuro go from the beginning of Gundam to the end of you know the the encounters in space movie it, it was the the entire there's an entire scene uh, spoilers for a 40 year old anime at this point but like the scene where the the entire arc where he meets Lala who is a new type which is which is a is basically evolved humans uh, that have enhanced perception uh, ESP sort of things like that um they're 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 a new breed of human who who are exceptional in a lot of things they do and Amuro it comes out is he's one of them and throughout the first couple of films he's like what does it mean to be a new type you know like like is is am i exceptional because i'm good at what i'm doing because i you know because i've i've i'm fighting for this or is it because i'm a new type and he meets lala who is a new type as well who is just this innocent pure spirit he meets for the first time you know and it, he's just entranced by her and it turns out she's under the wing of char who is a surprisingly someone we have not talked about yet how have we not talked about char oh because yeah, we're, i'm saving char for a second it's yeah, pronounced char char what was char what um oh. she's kind of like is french huh 
It's Franch. Shaw. But anyway, um, you know, she's kind of with him because, like, you know, the Xeon Principality saved her when she was going to die, you know, and she owes her life to them and she wants to make herself useful to them. But, like, she still has this innocent air to her, this innocent spirit to her. And it gets to a point where in the infighting between, you know, the, the Federation and, you know, Zeon, that she dies and Amaro is the one who kills her. And he just kind of falls apart at that point because he's like, I killed, I killed Lala. Like, I, I cannot believe I killed her. And he's just like beside himself because it was like, it was a situation. It's kill or be killed. And he was fighting Char and Char, sorry. And in order to protect Char, who she owed her life to, she got him out of the way and took the hit and died. And it's just this huge moment for him that, you know, when they're fighting and when they're talking, he's like, it, they have this moment where like, is it okay to fight if you have nothing to fight for? And I'm just like, it, it it just goes to show for for this whole thing that war is hell. There is no out good outcome, no matter what happens, because people have still died. The war has still happened. Every, a lot of people are dying, and for what? Like like, what are we fighting for at this point? And model kits. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> but like Sorry. No, I know. I had to make a joke. It just got real serious. I had to make because a joke. Because it, it, it got extremely serious <laughs> at this point. And it's just it's just a fantastic solemn moment where I was just like, man, I really missed out on not watching this Gundam series. And it it's just the last the last scenes where you know Zeon has fallen um and everyone who was in the principality of Zeon everyone who was who was who the line the family uh mm. the the zombie family finally all died um after they were all killed and and Amaro escapes the exploding base he's crying because he's like you know I'm sorry Lala like I I still have people to come back to and I can still visit you anytime, but right now I have to be with them. And I about fucking just broke down. Like I, it's just, it was a beautiful final scene and it was, it was fantastic. My, my favorite thing about fucking um, the original Gundam series uh, is like the theme that everything in this shit happens because of the actions and decisions of one person causing the chain of events to happen. The mm -hmm. entire series starts because uh, one dude, Zeon, had a vision. And then that vision went wrong because one dude, Zabi, fucked it up and killed him. And then mm -hmm. his own plan went wrong because one dude on side seven decided, instead of following orders, to start firing on civilians. And causing Amuro to fucking get in the Gundam. And fucking one person, Amuro Ray, ended the war. 
Which gets me to my favorite fucking character in all the goddamn fiction ever of all fucking time. Shar Aznable. You mean Quattro Vaginas? Sorry, I had to. Uh, so, I haven't watched the movie versions. I've only seen the series. Does the movie versions go into why Shar wears the visor? No, it, I don't... I, or I missed it. I was paying really good attention to it, but I don't remember why he was wearing the visor. I think it was to mask the fact that he was the son of uh, Zabi, uh, or not Zabi, uh, Zion. Um, I forgot the name. Yeah, I know uh, real, it's his, that. But did they yeah. did they explain why his name is Jar and not Edouard? No. I I, okay. I don't remember. I may not. Right. I may not. I don't remember. I may have missed that. Could you? So those are going to be in Gundam: The Origin. Um, uh -huh. the Gundam: The Origin. Uh, the manga series is pretty much just like a, a retelling of uh, fucking 0079. But the anime movies are like Shar's life from birth mm -hmm. to the beginning of the the Gundam series. Um, and they're amazing. Uh, fucking. Without getting too much into it, so you have like things to to to, to watch. Shar mm -hmm. Aznable was an entirely different person, whose identity he stole in order to infiltrate oh. the Zeon army and get his revenge. And the entire fucking story of Shar from Zeon's death and him understanding my father was murdered. Said like as a kid, to the end of fucking the, the one year war, is one of just my fucking favorite fucking story arcs of any fucking character ever. Like, there's a bunch of manipulation and shit going on in the background. Like fucking zombies betraying zombies, and the Federation doesn't know what the fuck it's doing, and fucking people not following orders and all that. And in the middle of all that, Shar has a plan that he has come up and just dedicated himself to since he was a fucking kid and he just goes through and adapts that plan calmly and coldly and fucking ruthlessly and yeah. executes it to fucking perfection and completion the only person who wins the one year war is Shar Aznable everybody else fucking loses well and even then Shar himself says like it didn't bring him joy it didn't yeah, it, he, he his got his revenge still his yeah. dad's still dead. His mom's still dead. His sister, Sayla, fucking still fucking... He can't yeah. fucking have a relationship with her anymore. Fucking... And then Lala, on top of everything, like, in the final battle with, between him and fucking uh, Amuro, Amuro, fucking, like, Shar almost betrays his own plan and doesn't fucking go through it and end up killing every, all the, the last of the fucking zombies because he's so overcome with grief for Lala's death that he wants to fucking kill Amuro because he views him as responsible for it at the, at the start yeah. of it and almost loses himself. He was in love with Lala as well. And so, like, even in his own revenge, he still lost something. But, like, yeah. in the overall well, and everything, he won. Yeah, and, and also... On that point, it, there we're. I'm, I'm only eight episodes into uh, Gundam, uh, Zeta Gundam, um, but there's a part where uh, Quattro Bahina, uh, uh, <laughs> as his name is in that one, um, is speaking with uh, Camille, and he's talking with Camille, saying like, "Have you heard of a man named you know Shar Osnabel?" And he's like, 
Yeah, I, I know him. He was, you know, he, he was one of the guys who infiltrated Zeon and and was trying to take them down from the inside. And he's like, he had his own plans to get his revenge, but the way he went about doing it was was like irresponsible. I, I don't remember the exact line, the way he said it, but he uh, like Char Char understands like what he did during that war and the way he executed it. He's like. I could have done better. Like I, there were things I did that are unforgivable and you know, there are ways you can get revenge without bringing everyone down around you. And I you think that's him. That, going, sorry. I'm sorry. I was say, and I think that's from him realizing that getting revenge on, uh, Zamora, I think that was his name, right? Or, or the guy he blew the fuck out of Gamera or whatever. Blame this on the consequences of your birth, you know that guy. Garma. Uh, yeah, Garma. Uh, you know he 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 got revenge on Garma, and he's like, it didn't bring me joy. It didn't it didn't help me out. And then like talking to, because because at this point in Zeta Gundam, both of Camille's parents have died, um, and he wants revenge. Even though they were shitty parents, they were still his parents, and they're dead, and he wants his revenge. And Shar, of all characters, understands like what he's going through, like like. Camille doesn't realize it, but like Char knows exactly what's going on. Like his parents were murdered by the government that he was like trusting. And this is the same thing happened to Camille. Camille's parents were held hostage by the government and now they're both dead because of the government. And no one understands what Camille's going through more than Char does right now. And Char's like, you can get your revenge, but you do not have to bring down the people around you. There is a way to do it. And Camille's like not hearing any of it. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Like, yeah. I want to see what and happens. Fucking, and, and like, you, who, 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 I don't, you, I don't know how much you get out of it out of the movies. Cause again, I didn't watch the movie versions. I watched the series, but like, especially in Gundam, the origin, Shar was friends with Garma. Like they had a relationship. They were knew each other. Like, mm -hmm. and there was multiple times that Shar had to go ahead and just kill Garma outright. But it's it's heavily implied that the reason he didn't was because he legitimately cared about this person. Like, even yeah. though he hated his entire family and needed his vengeance against him, there were multiple occasions where he would like legitimately help him out and help his standing and like go out of his way to make sure Garma was okay and stuff. And like. A lot of that you could chalk up to, oh, it makes the revenge that much sweeter. No, it, he was doing it out of legitimate care for this person. Yeah. But in order I, to there take were... the maximum re revenge against, like, the main, like, dude. I forget the main dude's fucking name, but the... Mr. Zobby, I'll call him. Mr. Yeah. Zobby. In order to get the most revenge against Mr. Zobby, he had to fucking take out his main, his favorite son. Garma was, like, his favorite son, and he hoped definitely oh, I know. Yeah. to even, him out of the war. Dude, even in the last movie, even in the last movie, he was still grieving Garma's death. Like, he is still watching the last video Garma sent him, um, saying, like, he's, he wants to be a lieutenant. He wants to prove himself in this war to his father. And he's still watching that. And that grief carries out through the last movie, too. And that's also part of the reason why he wants to sign the peace treaty. Like, it, it, it yeah, no. And, and I understand that they were friends. Like, like it's it's heavily implied that they were friends. Like, like the, you see them. Anytime Garma's on screen, he has an interaction with Char. And they're, they're always together. They're always 
out fighting together. They're always on a team together. And I understand that they were friends. And I think that scene where he, he, you know, gets him killed and gets, leads him into that explosion and, and blows him up. And he says, blame this on the consequences of your birth and is laughing. I think that's masking yeah. all the feelings he's having. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. Blame this on the misfortune of your birth is one of the most raw fucking lines of all time. Not just because it's literally like, ha fuck you, bozo. In the most fucking eloquent and fucking badass way possible. But you're right. Because it's also a fucking cope on fucking Char's fucking end. Because he just murdered the only fucking best friend he's had in his entire fucking life. Just to get back yeah. at the people who stole his father from him. And then... There is nothing that's going to make him feel good about that ever. I can't fucking wait until you get to Shard's counterattack, dude. That's my favorite looking fucking anime it. movie of all time. Like, I'm looking oh, forward to it. Oh, dude. Fucking, you remember what finally drove Shard to like go and try to fucking take down the, the zombie empire? Yeah. The colony drop that they did. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Okay, I'm looking forward to it then. I'm looking forward to it. I will say... I just want to say, for the record, I've never watched Gundam. I appreciate the Gunpla. I appreciate the model kits. I think I watched, tell lie, I think I watched like half an episode of Gundam Wing when I was a kid because Toonami back home wasn't like Toonami is in the States. It was like a block that aired at like four to six o'clock mm. on Cartoon Network. Um, they used to a lot of Dragon Ball. I remember like it when Dragon Ball Z ended, um, whatever run it was on, they, they put in Gundam Wing for a little bit. Um, and I think I watched like a half episode of Gundam Wing. And I, I, I was like a dumb kid. Which yeah. I was been like eight or nine, maybe ten. I remember seeing like uh, the guy ripping invitation half for a birthday party. I think. Oh, I was like, this guy's a douche canoe. I flipped it over and watched Pokemon and Fox Kids. <laughs> At the time, Pokemon was on Fox Kids. Honestly, <laughs> so honestly, like, Adam, Pokemon or this? Po I'm watching Pokemon. Yeah. Honestly, Adam, like with you, with how much you really enjoy Evangelion, I yeah. genuinely. I, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't watch Evangelion until I was like 16, yeah. 17. So like. This, we're talking like a lot of mental development yeah. there. I, I genuinely think you would find a lot of enjoyment in the Gundam films on Netflix right now. The yeah. the first three Mobile Suit Gundam films. Um, okay, I'll check them out. You should give them a watch. It's like, it, they're two hours a piece. If you can sit down and just like like take them in bite-sized yeah. chunks, you can. Um, well, I've got a puzzle to rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. with that being said, uh, if you're in for a goofy, dumb, stupid time, G Gundam apparently yeah. uh, is yeah. great because I honestly I have just seen some of the mech designs for G Gundam. I've seen the interactions between Master Asia and Domon, and honestly, I'm looking forward to getting into that one because that one. I'm sorry, fucking Tequila Gundam. It's a fucking. It's a fucking mobile yeah, I, suit. I don't know anything about Gundam. I've never built a Gundam like kit, but if they release a Tequila Gundam. You're damn right, I'm bro. Fucking... Like it's it's a mobile <laughs> suit with a goddamn sombrero on its head. I have to have one. Fucking so, Neo dude. Neo Mexico is a giant goddamn space colony asteroid shaped like a motherfucking sombrero. I cannot, bro. I need it in my life. I've I've seen the British one as well, which is like based off like a like I forget what the soldiers at Buckingham Palace are called. It's based off one of those, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of I kind of want to get that as well. <laughs> If they release a kid of that, just get like Tequila Gundam, Brit Gundam, and we'll get the American Gundam up there as yeah. well. <laughs> Mobile Fighter. What are they doing? They're getting drunk. Mobile Fighter G Gundam <laughs> was the first Gundam series I ever saw as a fucking kid. And I watched that motherfucker from beginning to end, not knowing where the fuck it was going. And it was the first time in any single fucking television show that I ever gave a fuck about the love story that was going on. And at the end of the goddamn fucking series, when the fucking 
uh, what was her name? Rain, I think it is. Uh, fucking, mm-hmm. uh, when she's fucking taken over by the goddamn Devil Gundam, and Domon has to fucking try to break her out of there, or else it'll fucking kill her when he fucking takes down the Gundam too, and the only way to break her out is to fucking confess his goddamn love to her, and he fucking screams that he loved her, I started fucking crying and shitting in my goddamn pants, dude. I'm like seven or eight years old, and I'm just like, crying this is the most <laughs> amazing thing ever! And she broke out of that shit, and he fucking caught her, and he fucking put his goddamn cape on her, and they did the fucking burning finger together, and they fucking killed that motherfucker oh dude mobile fighter g gun is amazing uh what is it friday when this comes out fucking uh on sunday motherfuckers the sunday after this fucking comes out we're gonna build fucking the god gundam fucking come join me on my fucking stream it'll be in the links below okay i'll try and crash that because i will be not working sunday i will be i'm back to monday through friday so i'll i'll definitely i'll be there i'll be there too um i don't have a gundam to build no i have a nightmare gundam i have a small nightmare gundam i can build so if you build one i'll build mine too yeah, it's, mine's it's a master a, grade too, to so it's gonna take m- us. Mine's a while. A, like a mine's a little baby bitch, like Babby's first gun, uh, Gundamu. There's, there's but no I, I want it because it looks cool. There's no I, such thing as a baby bitch. I don't have anything to build yet. Yet. Asterix yet. Now, once once I get paid again, I might buy a cheapy kit just to fuck around with it. Or whenever Xander sends every Evangelion kit, we find a good one, and it's from Japan stuff. One or the other. I, I definitely want to build it. I've built. Uh, actually, when I build it, I want Xander on stream, judging me the whole way through. I I'm never gonna do it. Xander, like, just no, no. I want, I want it. I want. We're not gonna, ju- dude. Okay. Shit here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing about the Gundam, like the Gunpla community. They, in my experience, they're not mean. There are a lot of nice people in there. No, I, 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 I know that, but like for the comedy side of things, I want Xander like just getting angry at me okay. for comedy, okay. like comedy angry, comedy angry, not real. No angry. lie, <laughs> and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this. I have tried to piss off the Gunpla community on multiple occasions, and they will not. They refuse to get mad. There is not an ounce of fucking anger. They are the most patient, most kind, most loving fucking community of people I have ever seen. All they want to do is share their hobby and help you get better at their hobby. And, like, yeah. any any fucking thing you try, they're, they're, they're friendlier than fucking Canadians, dude. Like, you can eventually set oh, a Canadian damn. off. Like there are ways you can eventually just start insulting yeah. maple syrup. Bam, it's it's done. Like fucking maple syrup. <laughs> well, that would all, piss me all, off too. All in defense of Canadians, with them and they'll beat the US two In again. defense of Canadians, though, I would get pissed off if somebody insulted maple syrup to my face. Maple syrup is fucking goddamn amazing. It's one of the fucking wonders of the goddamn world, and they have every right to get pissed off if somebody insults yeah. that. But like Gunpla fans, <laughs> get, like, you can't. Trip. You could be like, that's the shittiest fucking build I've ever seen. You didn't sand down that fucking nub right. You should fucking low tier god meme yourself right now. And they'll be like, oh, well, I'll take that into consideration on my next build. Maybe not the yeah. low tier god part, because, you know, if I died, I couldn't exactly build another Gundam. And that wouldn't allow me to get better. But oh, I will take your sanding points into into consideration. Uh, Do you mind explaining what exactly uh you don't like about the sanding here? I, I thought that I kind of got the finish here. But if you could explain exactly. And then you're like, Fuck! They're asking for legitimate criticism because now they're engaging. <laughs> Shit! Fuck! How do you do this? And then you just go, "Oh, I fucked your mom!" And then you get banned from the forum because you're not allowed to say. I fu- well, actually, no, I didn't get banned. The- they don't even ban you for saying they fucked your mom. They're just like, "Oh, that's good. I hope she liked that." See, here's the thing. The point is like, what well, she needed a man in her life, so you know, good yeah. Work. No, the gun, the, the gunplay <laughs> community are, are some of the nicest people I've ever interacted with. And whenever I post pictures, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm pretty good friends with my friend, uh, my friend Ordo. Uh, shout outs to, to to Plan Ordo, by the way. He actually has his own podcast where he talks about Fire Emblem. Uh, uh, the, uh, it, oh yeah, and the the it's the horse uh, Twitter account uh, fo- officially follows that podcast as a Twitter account. So consider that an yeah. endorsement from it's the horse. Or- 
Absolutely. And um, he he was excited to see me get the Gundam because that man loves him some Gundam. Like Master Asia is his favorite character. Like I can't think of Master Asia without thinking about Ordo. And like he's seen me post pictures of my builds. Like I've got a couple right there. I've got the Zero Wing Gundam. I've got the Kamikiri's Burning Gundam. And I've got um, I've built my own little Gurren Lagon from the 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 um, Nindroid. And then I got the Plyobot Lazengan. And I built a Mega Man Zero uh, model kit too, and yeah. like he he's liked all all the pictures I posted of them. He's like, yeah, these are you did really good on this one. Like that looks great. Like even though I'm like I know I did bad on the on the zero that zero wing one took me forever because I lost a piece and then I found that piece when I was when I was going through my boxes I found it and I put it all together. Like bro, like that was the first one I ever built. Like it is so fucking like let me grab it real quick. You this this shit. Hold on. Is it scuffed? Is it scuffy woofy? Ordo was there when I built Max, Gun Gelly. I love how shiny he is. I think is. I'm gonna. I'll let you do a stream. I'll just stream it just so I want Xander to bully me. I just want Xander wholesome bullying me the whole way through. Okay, so if like, I'm, and where's your god hands? Yeah, if, if I'm wholesome bullying you, what I'll do is I'll be like, okay there, bud. Uh, that was a good attempt there, but a little improvement to your technique would be if you do this and then come back here like yes. this. Yes. <laughs> I'll see. Do it again. Bob Ross bully. But no shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I probably didn't do it like the most zen bullying. We, we don't make this. Because you want the least zen motherfucker We don't make mistakes here, Adam. We just make cool customizations. See, like, <laughs> mine's, mine's falling apart in my hands because I didn't build it very well. But, like, this, this uh, was a real bitch to build. And then getting the wings on there. Honestly, at this point, I'm just about to glue these motherfucking wings onto this thing because I'm tired of them falling off. Is that but, an like, endless waltz variant? I think so. I can't remember exactly remember. which ones, but I remember the Gundam Wing ones had an issue with the the wings at some point. I can't remember if it was the Endless Waltz variants or if those were the good ones. I remember, so when I first started building Gunpla, I had only seen G Gundam once as a kid, and I didn't engage with Gundam ever. I, the first ones I bought were um, the Build Fighters Burning Gundam with the actual flames on him. That's super fucking cool. And then the second I have that one, one I, yeah. Yeah, I think I bought that one for you too. Uh, fucking, and, and then I bought the um, uh, Iron Blooded Orphans uh, Barbados, Barbados. I don't know how the fuck it's pronounced. I've never watched that series, but I was like, ooh, cool, dual swords and wings. And so I bought those two. And then after I built those, I was like, bam, I'm hooked. And I just kept buying Gunpla. I have so many. My favorite one is, um, ooh, my favorite one's the Gundam, the Origin, fucking uh, RX seventy eight zero two. I'll be right back. Devin, you and Adam, Dow talk while I grab my Gundam. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, okay. I just to, to make a point here, this is the first one I've ever built, and I did a very bad job of it, and I could have done better, but I have never received criticism on it, I have never been bitched up because of it, and honestly, it's one of my favorite figurines I think I own. Um, just because I built it myself, like no one, no one, I didn't buy it from somebody already pre-made, it's not, it didn't come like this, already pre-built and shit. It, I I got to build this and it's my own custom Gundam. I I built it myself and it's a I think it's a pride sort of thing that I I like the way it looks, you know? And mm. I like it a lot and another thing I like about it is like on brass tacks, let's be real. Gundam building is basically just just like like more advanced Legos or 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 or, or yeah, puzzle. I, it seems to be less 
seems to be less advanced Warhammer because Warhammer you need glue. You need to be able to do yeah. glue and then paint well, it. Well, okay. Because it's kind of, kind of pre-painted, just got a stick of them, right? I don't. I would not say that the inclusion of glue makes Warhammer uh, like more involved. Um, I would say that the fact that you do it, paintings a necessity for the Warhammer ca uh, characters, it, there yeah. is a, a higher like uh, initial skill ceiling, I'd say. But when it comes to gunpla specifically, like most people buy these figures and and then customize them and paint them and do the crazy shit with them too. So I'd say Warhammer and Gundam, um, if you don't count the fact that Warhammer yeah. has like a war game aspect behind it, are about the same as far as skill level goes. The snap together versus glue thing, I don't think makes it anything easier or harder. It's more of just what do you prefer. Fair enough. Also, with you also got it with the uh, Warhammer thing is the game behind it. So you got to make sure you're getting the right pieces on there. And if you do custom parts. Like there's you've either got to find the part order or you got to make it out of green stuff. Like yeah, it's a very involved hobby. And then there's of yeah. course there's a huge divide of people who can play, but can't paint, and the people who can paint but can't play. Yeah. I was in the second category. When I finally started getting into Gundam, fucking, I was a security guard at this shitty little job right after homelessness, and I bought like you know those couple of Gundam that I said. And then I started reading at my post, Gundam the Origin, the manga. That was a retelling of uh, 0079. And that's what actually got me fucking hooked. I was like, all right, I have to watch this series now. And in 0079, there's a slight redesign of the original mobile suit, uh, the Gundam RX-78-2, uh, called the 7802. Let me get some glue for this bitch. And I ended up buying him the limited edition version of him that has all the, the true markings and stuff. And I had to go That's really cool. I had to go and renew my security card and you can't do that online in Washington because the state is stupid and for whatever reason that was backwards as fuck and I had to go all the way to fucking uh, uh, the capital of Washington in a different county on like a three hour fucking bus ride to go renew my security card Ooh. and when I got back I built this motherfucker and this is the only Gundam that I, I have actually, and it's not going to come across very well on camera, but I've actually applied all of the stickers and the labels and all the decals, and I fucking added, like, little, like, bits of customization and stuff, too. And in order to seal it all off and keep the stickers there, it has a layer of top coat on it, a clear coat, uh, Mr. Color, uh, that I've just, or it was Mr. Clear, Mr. Color's the brand, that I, I've done over it so the stickers won't fucking come off. It's like yeah. they're actually a part of the thing. And I don't know if it's still in here, um, but I have it also wired up to have an LED so the lights actually fucking glow, and I have a, I think I picked purple. That's amazing. That's really cool. I, I, I've, I've never seen that redesign, but I, I can already tell like it looks really cool. The one I, I really want to get. I'm nerding out right now because um, we're, we're talking about Gunpla, and I, I still want to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus. But, um, I really want to get the, the Mark II Gundam, because uh, that's a, that's a fucking clean design. Like I, I love it. I love yeah. the Mark II. The black. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that fucking the. I, the thing I'll say about fucking um, Gundam, even on the the series that may not be very good, the robot design fucking slaps. I have I don't have to have a single idea of what's going on in a series to look at a robot and be like, I want to build that. I want to build that robot. Yeah. It's it's pretty sick. These are the, this is a wing aspect I'm going with now. Anyway, I, I feel bad because no one's gonna see these pictures or see what we're talking about because they can't see our Gundams, but. Um, put some pictures in the description. Yeah. Send like Xander and Imgur a link to the thing, and like, 
Yeah, I'm gonna glue this one and and and, and yeah. have it posed actually, differently finally. And this time, unlike last time, uh, I'll actually put them in the video because it won't be a funny joke if I don't do it this time. Also, check it out, Sharzaku. That's sick. That's yeah. sick. I love it. I had him doing a fucking Tekken pose, uh, or no, actually a Mortal Kombat pose against the RX-72. I like it. I like fight? I like the redesign of the RX-72. Because that's, that's, like that's like the Mishima thing that like Heihachi does. Oh, my favorite thing about this fucking Zaku too is the, the way they build the eye array in here. You can't see it on my camera because it's too small. But the eye moves around as he's looking around and it tracks. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, but, but, but back to the whole thing though. It's like Gundam, honestly... I like the fandom. I like I like the people in the Gundam fandom. I like the 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 stories. I like 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 everybody. I have okay. Unironically, I did not realize how many of my mutuals were into Gundam until I started watching Gundam because I had so many people reacting and like like liking my tweets about my first go through of Gundam that I was just like I didn't realize I had this many Gundam mutuals. Um, Shoutouts to all of you, by the way. I don't know if you guys all listen to the podcast, but if you've gotten this far, you're listening to me talk about Gundam and gush about Gundam. I I understand it now. I, I'm 100% Gundam pilled. <laughs> I I I love the series. Uh, I'm looking forward to going through Zeta, uh, Char's Counterattack. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, after that, I will probably dip my toes into some G Gundam. See where that leads me. Um, I am I'm on board with it now. I I am honestly 100% irrevocably a fan of. Gundam now and uh I have honestly all of you guys to think because uh if it weren't for you guys I probably wouldn't have given it a shot. Uh and honestly I I think I'm gonna be in it for life now <laughs> just because of this. I am but let it be known. I am still a Gurren Logon fan first and foremost. So if it ever comes down to it and I gotta pull one of my one like one of my series out of the fire, it's Gurren Logon every time. I'm sorry. No no K no K Faye, but Well but also to be is. fair to Gurren Logon, I don't think gun any Gundam series has invented a Gundam on the scale with Super Galaxy Gurren Logon, so it, it couldn't That's true. It, or, or Super Tengen Tapa, I mean to say, fuck. Yeah. Super Tengen Tapa Good and Super Tengen Topa Good and Logon. Yeah. Isn't Tenga the egg? No, Tengen. Tengen Topa is 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 heaven piercing. So Tenga, the the wank toy, means like heaven. Wank? No, stop it, Devin. The best <laughs> way to end this is to just stay quiet, and then I can just edit it out. Ah, oh, why would you do that, to me, Xander? Fuck you too. It was funny. So anyway, Pokemon Legends are this. <laughs> you absolute barricades. <laughs> editor's note, keep all that in. <laughs> <laughs> but so editor's note, if you cut it out, I will go to I will go to Washington and, and fucking... I don't so live in Washington. I live in Washington. There's an R there. Washington. Okay, whatever. Point is, baguette time. Anyway, anyway. Um... <laughs> So Pokemon Legends Arceus just came out uh, literally like two days ago as of this recording. God, it is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't. Go ahead. You go ahead. I, I feel like I've been I've been talking a lot. We've both been talking a lot, but like 
I had I did not watch a single trailer except for the initial like reveal I think because I was with friends watching the E3 or whatever when that happened didn't mm-hmm. follow the press didn't pay attention to any of that shit uh, I went in this completely blind uh, this is th- this opinion has no hype behind it. it has no no expectations nothing it was just just this is just a pure raw opinion. This is the most fucking fun I've had with a Pokemon game in fucking, like, fucking ages. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. I love this fucking game so fucking much, dude. Mm. I'm fighting a mod shop in a fucking goddamn cave right now because I'm a fucking degenerate. And the entire time we've been recording this podcast, I've been playing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Like, to not give too much away, um, this is kind of the direction Pokemon has needed to go into for a while now. Um, instead of doing the whole, like, okay, I will admit, Sword and Shield kind of shook things up by, or not, I wouldn't even say Sword and Shield <coughs> shook things up because they kind of went back to doing badges and gems. Sun and Moon shook things up by getting rid of the whole badges and instead doing the trial captains and the and the totem Pokemon and stuff like that. Like that, I will admit, that was interesting. I had fun with that. Um, but this, this is a whole different beast. Um like I don't want to give it the whole Breath of the Wild but Pokemon but like honestly like that's a really great way to explain it um, I, I wouldn't like, go that far because Breath of the Wild is like way more free and stuff I will say oh, that no absolutely Breath of, Breath it, of the, it takes inspiration from Breath of the Wild as far as the getting the fuck out of the player's way as soon as it lets you start catching Pokemon it's just like you want to do the main quest go for it uh, you want to just yeah. fuck around for 16 hours or just Keep doing research for no reason, for no benefit other than your own personal enjoyment. I'm 16 hours into the game. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like like the best thing they have done, the best thing this game has done. If I could, if I can credit anything to this game without giving away too many spoilers and anything, because because obviously, yes, it takes place in the past. You are building the first Pokedex for the Hisui region. That is the that is the the point of the game giving me specific tasks to do while catching Pokemon. Like having to feed a Pokemon a certain number of times, see a specific move done a certain number of times, do a specific attack a certain number of times, catch a certain number of Pokemon of this Pokemon specifically, catch it a specific way, um, evolve it this many times is the best fucking thing they have ever done. Never in my life have I ever given a shit to catch a Bidoof aside from catching it one time to do Pokedex data. I have caught like 40 fucking Bidoofs just because the game was like, hey, you should catch a Bidoof this many times. You should do this this many times. Giving me a fucking checklist is honestly the best way to actually get me to play a Pokedex. Like, holy shit. I will actually go through this game and, and do what I want. Like, bro, I have not spent money on Pokeballs. Because, like, I found out, like, you can, like, cultivate apricorns. And I got, like, a, a bumper crop of 68 apricorns. And I've just been using that bumper crop, like, for a little while now just to create Pokeballs and and do that. Like, when I'm low on Pokeballs, like, oh, shit, I better check my inventory, craft, like, 30 Pokeballs. All right, I'm good. Like, bro, I, I, I have just been running around catching Pokemon. I found a wild fucking Monferno. And I'm just like, yo, that's going in the party right now. And, like... Man, it's just it's just so good. And honestly, like like 
if they keep legends as its own separate thing and like keep making legend games in the vein of like going to the past and like having a free roaming Pokemon game and, and being able to like do what I want and not like tell me what to do or, or put me on a specific path to do shit. You're going to have my money for the rest of time. Like, I am sorry. That's just, that's a fact. Like I will, I literally went to three separate stores today to buy my copy. I've been playing my wife's copy that I got her for her birthday. I went to three separate stores just to find a copy, and I got the last copy my local Walmart had. Like, it is, it's it's worth doing. Uh, honestly, like, if you can get your hands on a copy, do it as soon as possible, and please just play this game. It is it is that much fun. Fucking, yeah, I fully intend to get it, and my uh, wife wants to stream yeah. it. Um, so, obviously, we're going to have to get it. I uh, Actually, one thing I really want to do is get a second Switch because of games like this, because I am very interested in mm -hmm. it. And it's kind of hit me that, like, we originally get a second Switch and, like, an extra dock. Put an extra dock downstairs for my downstairs playing together and then just have... I can keep a Switch in here and she can keep a Switch in her office. You can get... I have a I have a dock I got for, like, 30-something bucks. And it's really... Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. do. Is, was it's... Give the sheep he wanted to put downstairs. Yeah, it's low profile. It works to. great. I use it when I stream. You couldn't... You wouldn't even know that I'm using a, an off-brand dock. It's fantastic. And I yeah. love it because I can... I can unplug it from the HDMI and it works as a stand and charges. I can still see my screen. So like, it's honestly yeah, the best. Uh, I know I've got to work out though, the transfer stuff, then it can be a pain. Oh, it's not that hard. Her Animal Crossing, oh, her Animal Crossing is entirely on that Switch. To be fair, what have I got on that Switch I really care about? Yeah. A few things I've bought, but at the same time, I could probably just grab her. Then again, if I buy it, I know Rip really likes using the handheld mm -hmm. mode. So if I get a new one, I'm probably going to get the OLED one and then that's going to be, uh, <laughs> well, I want that transfer yeah. to this one. Ah, here we go gotta work that out i'll have to walk it through me for that yeah one. but but it's hands down like it's a great pokemon game and and i genuinely want to see more like i already want a pokemon legends like celebi where you go back in time in johto and like you see like ecotreek city while the tin towers are still fully constructed and Ooh, before yeah. the lightning strike happens and kills those Pokemon that are in the tower and Ho-Oh resurrects them, like, give me the chance to save those Pokemon or something. Or, like, let me see the yeah. actual creation of Raikou, Entei, and Suicune. And, like, this just everything. Like, there's so much... Okay, Johto has so much of a deep connection to pretty much almost every single Pokemon game. Like, like, and I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. Yes, it's tied to Kanto because it's, like, right on the on the other side of Kanto. Um, it has a connection with Sinnoh because of the Sinjo ruins. And just, just like, there's an entire event with Arceus in, in Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver. Um, it, it, Johto is referenced in a lot of the games. Uh, and it's honestly, like, again... It's referenced a lot in um, Gen 3 because that's where the, the player characters just move. Yeah, the player character moved from Johto. Like, like there's a lot of Johto love in a lot of Pokemon games. Like, like you, you, it's hard to throw a rock without hitting something Johto-related. Johto has so much history going for it. Like, li there's a, literally a man who crafts Pokeballs in there, and that's what you're doing. Like, you could meet Kurt's ancestor. You could meet ancestors to these characters like like you meet so many ancestors of yeah. characters in different regions of different pokemon games in history um and there's just a lot that can be done with that and i think that there is a lot on the table game freak could do and i'm genuinely excited like i i i'm just go ahead 
I'm glad there's a spin-off that seems to be sticking because it's no secret they've been trying to do spin-offs for a while now to try and, you know, diversify their portfolio of mainline mm-hmm. games. And, like, I know there's conflicting opinions on this podcast alone about the Let's Go series, but the Let's Go games definitely did not land the way they thought they would. So it's nice seeing that this one has landed and it does seem like it will be a nice way going forward for a spin-off. Yeah. For a spin-off that can be along the same lines as the mainline games. Yeah. It honestly, like it could it could become the new mainline. Cause like they did they okay, the smartest thing they did, and, and this is something I was talking about with Ale, and, and and it's an issue with Pokemon in general, is that it's gonna get to a point where they can't add any more new Pokemon to the game without it getting to a point where there's too many to even feasibly catch. And I get why they got rid of a lot of Pokemon in Sword and Shield because of that reason. We were already at 800. It's not, it's not the fact that there are too many Pokemon. It's the fact that there are too many Pokemon to reasonably keep adding new Pokemon and it'd be expected to complete a Pokedex of that size. I just wish they didn't make him inaccessible, you know? Like, if you want to go through the way of getting them, be it through, like, Pokemon Bank mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever it's called, just don't make them completely inaccessible. Make them accessible so you can use them if you want See, to. See, and, like, and here's the thing. With, with Pokemon Legends Arceus, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go and trade Pokemon with somebody. You don't have to go through the bank and move Pokemon up and shit. Everything's available in the base game. And oh, that's interesting. That's genuinely how it should be. Like going forward, like I love I love this. Like and I'm about to see how the multiplayer works soon too, because I'm I'm I got my own copy finally and I can play with my wife and I'm looking forward to doing that. And yeah. this game, it, it's just got like there I think Xander Xander had opinions on it when he was talking about it and like how he felt about it and and i'm trying to remember like what was it you tweeted dude like i, I completely forgot this morning yeah oh um <clears throat> well i'm waiting for an opportunity to, to do all of my stuff so you can say everything you want to say first <laughs> okay i'll say everything i want to say first there is there's so little bad things to say about this game like th- there are some bad things um and i think the one thing people have been complaining about has been the graphics and that's why they want to play it but here's the thing bro it's a fucking switch it's also 2022 are we not past it yeah like who fucking cares like i don't give a shit if the game looks bad anymore as long as it i'll give them some of the the graphical things Uh, on handheld mode i don't fucking notice shit in handheld mode the game processes itself and the the field of view perfectly where there's no weird popping or any of that shit happening in docked mode this game is fucking atrocious. <laughs> in dock mode, fucking it. Like right now, I'm on top of this mountain, and it populates the trees, but only to a certain point. But instead of like in handheld mode, it has this fog. After that certain point, it renders the rest of the land, so I can see the rest of the land. But there's no more trees, and everything's barren, and this gross, ugly texture. The skyboxes are amazing because, like, they look like watercolors. And a lot of what this game's going for looks like watercolors. And I love that shit. But, like, they didn't optimize docked mode, it seems like. They should have kept the same kind of fog going on. I understand that when it's in docked mode, it's more of a console experience. So you want to increase the field of view kind of thing to give it more of a console experience. But to me, that it suffers the similar issue that, um, 
Grand Theft Auto, uh, the remasters do, when you don't count any other glitches or any of that stuff, they remove the fog in the city, so the cities now seem less yeah. dense than they did on the PS2. Fog goes a long way in games where that can't, or that are on hardware that can't necessarily handle yeah. it. This is an Android That's tablet, the- so I, I have no qualms about how it looks. Just optimize it yeah. a little bit better. That's my only issues with the graphics, though. See, and, and on that note about the fog thing, like that was a big issue, and that's still an issue people are having with the Nintendo Switch Online emulator of the Nintendo 64 games, because without that fog, it's making those Nintendo 64 games look like shit, and, 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 and that's a big problem with like specific Ocarina Time. They have fixed some things with the Nintendo Switch Online service for that, but not enough that I would still pay that much money for it, and that's all I'm going to say about that, but... Back to Pokemon. I haven't had that problem. I haven't. I haven't been noticing it, but I think I've kind of exclusively been playing it in docked mode because of me having to be at work all the time, and I don't really have. A, I haven't been playing it handheld. I'll be playing a little bit of it handheld soon. But wait, it's also because you work from yeah. home, so like in your setup, it makes sense for you just to leave it there on a separate monitor. Exactly. I, I've got to work that out actually because I'm also now working from home, so I'm going to work something out. Yeah. Again, tiny, tiny dock. It helps. Um. But maybe I don't know. Maybe playing it in handheld mode, I'll I'll see some differences and I'll and I'll understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. But I mean, genuinely, dude, I I have no complaints about this game, aside from just the, the very little I had. I don't um, have any complaints about its uh, like any of its gameplay or its presentation or any of that stuff. Because even like the graphical stuff that I just said is relatively minor. Because like obviously mm-hmm. I'm still playing it literally as we're speaking right now. Oh fucking yeah. Um, yeah. There are a lot of weird glitches and shit that I'm running into that I don't normally see in a Pokemon game. I feel like it could have been delayed another month or two just to polish up some of the stuff. Um, because some of those glitches, like, uh, for instance, when I first started playing the game, now I have to pause it because I'm going to get in depth with this thing. The first night I played this, I ran into a pony's haw and I threw a Pokeball at it. It missed and it ran. And, well, that, was, that was fine because, you know, whatever. The ponytail's AI then glitched and then its head cracked backwards at me and kept looking at me while its body was facing forward. And then it ran right into, like, the lake it was in front of and then despawned in the lake. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And then I had fucking a Bidoof walk by and then teleport on top of a tree and then fall down the tree. Yeah. And then I've had the the, the I, Abra, of course, fucking like completely disappear. Yeah. Like there, there are- I've seen some glitches. Sorry, I, I saw one glitch. One that's going on right now is Pokemon that have the, the move Giga Impact. Um, if they're against a slope or a tree, they'll charge it and they're charging at you. They'll Giga Impact into the tree. And then, like, slowly gain altitude and then just fly out into the fucking air. <laughs> like, I've seen that happen with a Snorlax and a Heracross. So I'm just like, that's well, all right. And I have seen some glitches, the graphical glitches, where, like, I saw a Japanese guy. He he was walking towards the, the, the woman that sells clothes. And all of a sudden, his polygons just exploded. And they were just, they were both just a mess of spikes. And I'm just like, okay, that's glitchy. We should get that fixed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I totally suspect that they'll patch it because, like, yeah, they've been patching Pokemon games. Like, so that that should be good. Hopefully, they do address the textures in Dock Mode. Just look so fucking blurry. Like, if people people want to keep wanting to compare it to Breath of the Wild, but like Breath of the Wild, for instance, in Dock Mode still renders things well you know what i mean like even when it's doing the dynamic resolution scaling textures don't look blurry but like you look down at the ground texture like in in this game and it just looks like fucking garbage 
when Breath of the Wild is an actual open world game. This is just open zone. This isn't like an actual open world game. Like, the... Well, Breath of the Wild also had the advantage of being on Wii U. That was then... It was developed with Wii U in mind, and then when the Switch came along, they put it on Switch. It was kind of made for less powerful hardware to begin with. Yeah, but I'm... Yeah. But, like, they've had years. This The Switch is five fucking years old at this point. They've had years to be able to figure out how to optimize their shit for the hardware. To be... Well, okay. And then on that note, though, to be fair, this is Game Freak, not Nintendo in-house. So... Mm -hmm. That's also something you have to take into consideration. There's there hardly well. a distinction when it comes to the availability of their development ability and the the hardware that, and software tweaks that they're given access to. They should have a more thorough understanding of the hardware, given that though they're not Nintendo, Game Freak's Nintendo. Yeah, and and on and also I mean, stories about Game Freak needing help from somebody. Yeah, and also on that note, they have released how many games for the Switch now? Like Sword and Shield, Pikachu, Eevee. Diamond and Pearl. I mean, they, again, Diamond and Pearl remakes were done by ILCA, uh, but still, that's yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, fine. but what other game? I guess when they've released some other games on the Switch, but yeah. I don't remember what they were. But I, I want to reiterate, I'm not shitting on this game. Mm -hmm. I there, I just there are. I feel like there are arguments to be had about how the game looks. Um, and versus how it plays and stuff, because it performs fine. Like, uh, like yeah. the the game itself, I feel like could handle a higher graphic graphical fidelity. It's just a little bit of tweaking, and it's like I don't think they have to like change textures or anything. I, I'm, I the game looked great. Like when it's like the the trees look good. It looks like a watercolor painting, and I I like the aesthetic of it. It's just uh, th there's a middle ground for me between the the weird people who are like, this game looks like a shitty PS2 game when, when no PS game ever looked this good ever. Like, even yeah. even with my own complaints about this game, it looks fucking three times better than any PS2 game ever did. Okami's the best-looking PS2 game, like, of all time, and it looks better than that. I have to say, like, I I hate to try you off, but, like, that's a fucking stupid argument because look at, like, Silent Hill 2 and 3. Those games are visually great, yeah. and those are what? PS2? Like, look at Kingdom, look at Kingdom Hearts 2! Like, for God's sake, if you want to get on, like, wow, it looks like a game made for inferior hardware, great. Let's bring out the most, let's bring out the, the, the most graphically beautiful game of all time, The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Okay? And we're going to put the argument to bed. Right yeah. There. Wind Waker looks amazing. Cell shaded graphics amazing. did a lot for that game. And I love it to this day. All the Wii U version did was make it HD and fix the Triforce quest. And boom! We good. We good. Carry on. But sorry, Zana, carry on. <laughs> Too many off that. I just hate that fucking Yeah, that's tool. stupid. Uh, those guys, I, I'm not defending them. They're stupid. No. Uh, but, yeah, they are stupid. But the people yeah. who are also yeah, like... stupid. This game looks amazing, and there's nothing wrong with it graphically at all, are also fucking delusional. There's a middle ground here. I, f I feel like the game could have used a couple more months in-house. But yeah. as it is, fucking, it's still like a 9 out of 10 fucking... It's, it's a revitalization of Pokemon. Like... There, there's not two versions. I'm not locked out of fucking shit behind a fucking paywall because they decided to slap fucking tits or ass as a title on the fucking Pokemon game. I'm so fucking sick of two Pokemon games being released in an era where fucking DLC and shit is the norm and all that. I should not have to pay fucking 120 goddamn dollars to fucking get the full fucking Pokedex. You're, you're deluding yourself. If well, I, think, you, it, I think the idea is just supposed to... No, it's, it's fucking it. bullshit. It's always been a fucking marketing scheme. It's never yeah. been about fucking, like, promoting multiplayer. It's always been about maximizing profits. And anybody who tells you otherwise is a fucking Nintendo shill. That, that, that's it.
It's always been about money. But we're at the point where there is no data excuse to have two fucking versions anymore. Give me the full fucking game in one. And they did here. It's not fucking... They didn't give me Pokemon Legends fucking... What is it? Palkia or Dialga or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. They gave me one fucking game. All of the fucking Pokemon are in the game. I'm not locked out of shit. I'm. There's no... Yet. I haven't I, I haven't seen it. There's no online shit that is going to be shut down fucking five years from now that's going to lock me out of fucking games or, like, content or any of that shit. There's no new gimmick that's introduced in this game that's not going to be fucking useful once they shut down a side game it's attached to or some shit like that. It is a full-fledged fucking game that just fucking lets you fucking have some fun with it. Like, I... I am not going to discredit the Pokédex collecting in the original games because I have a complete Pokédex all the way up to Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, like, that era. I have a complete fucking national dex. I am that fucking weird fucking, like, I gotta catch all of them shit. Like, it's fun for me. But this game yeah. makes me yeah. feel like I there's actually a fucking point to me catching these Pokémon. Where in the past it's like, oh, I'm doing it for the collection and because the Pokédex tells me I'm like a fucking Pokémon master when I do that. Like, it's a numbers a game. Shiny chain. In this fucking game, it's legitimately like I'm researching things that people don't fucking know about. I'm gathering information. I'm doing work in this field. And it feels yeah. fucking phenomenal. It feels rewarding. I'm just going through, and instead of, like, grinding up fucking levels to go challenge a gym leader or whatever, I'm fucking... I'm, I, I'm fighting this fucking weird fucking mushroom thing for the 16th time because I, I want to see... It's fu it used fucking stun spore on me one more time so I can take note of the fucking goddamn biological effects it has on the fucking Pokemon it's used against. I'm doing fucking goddamn yeah. science, bitch! And it feels good. And that's and and on that note, it's also you're you're introducing these people of Hisui to Pokemon and kind of letting people learn how to interact with and live with Pokemon in an era where from what we're used to people and Pokemon have been inseparable for, for as long as, you know, the inception of Pokemon has been a thing, you know, in our lives, like people always have Pokemon yeah. in, in the Pokemon world. I guess and, like, so that, that aspect's vaguely interesting to me, but like, even if this game was set in the normal modern Pokemon world and it wasn't a weird fucking Isekai and like, wasn't in the past and shit, like just the addition of the research fucking tasks and the way it gets you actually involved in the process of filling out this Pokedex, like that alone would have gotten me on board with that. But then, as you were saying, everything else? Holy shit. I, I actually am intrigued by the characters in a fucking Pokemon yeah. game for the first time since yeah. fucking black and white. Oh, and I'm not a 10-year-old. I'm 15. I'm five years older, Mom. <laughs> Was it implied they were older in X and Y, or am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of something else, I think. Yeah, I, they're pretty much always 10-year-olds yeah. in the mainline games. I, In my head, I, I age them up, and I ignore the fact that oh, we're supposed to be 10-year-olds because I don't feel like a 10-year-old anymore, and that's just kind of weird for me. But, like, the the fact that this is aimed at a older target demographic, I feel like. I, I feel like a little kid can still play this game and still just have fucking a blast with it. Like, if this came out when I was, like, fucking yeah. a kid... Holy shit, dude. Being able to walk around the fucking Pokemon world and sneak up to these Pokemon and interact with them. Like, 
fucking I, I just had this fucking um uh, like uh, ponytail. I just walked up to it and it wasn't afraid of me. It didn't get like weird. And I just started like hanging around me or whatever. I just started feeding it shit for no reason and it started following me around until eventually I accidentally spooked it and then it fucking headbutted me and started attacking me and shit. Like that would have blew my mind as a kid. I'd be like, it's a real fucking yeah. thing. Like, dude, like I Ale, I've been watching Ale play and like she'll just be like doing research or like trying to catch a Pokemon. Uh, or she'll be like looking at her team or something and all of a sudden like a Pokemon will just walk up to her and just kind of like look at her and she's like oh and she'll feed it and it just kind of stays there and just like just looks at her and she's like I'm gonna catch you and she and she'll catch it like she did it with like a Spiel, a Bidoof, an Apom like dude it's a it's I can genuinely say like there are Pokemon here that like I just want to just be around like it's I don't know I, I, I love it, it. It feels way more like I'm in actually exploring a fucking environment that these things fucking live in rather than I'm walking in tall grass to trigger an encounter. Which, again, yeah. I don't have a problem with that because I've played those fucking games. I love the RPG aspects and all that stuff, but this is like... A lot of people are like, oh, I hope this continues as a side series. I cannot go back to a core Pokemon game after this. I'm sorry. I... I own Sword or Shield, one of those. I forget which one I own. I didn't open it because I was completing the Pokedex and Fire Red when I was rebuilding Game Boys, and that was my hyperfixation at the time. So I didn't get around to, to playing it. I, I bought it when it was like on a discount or some shit. I impulse bought that motherfucker. I never opened it, and now I don't know if I fucking can. Because like I, I didn't finish uh, Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon. I got fucking bored in the middle of that shit. Like that shit got way too fucking like, uh, go here, do this. No, you can't do that, silly. That's blocked off right now. This game's like, all right, you, you're, you're part of you're part of our team now. You, you did your, you did your trial. You're, you're like a, maybe half an hour, an hour in. All right, you can do the main quest or not. We're not gonna hold your hand. And, like, the main quest, even when you do it, doesn't infuriate me. It's not like, oh, did you know blah, blah, blah? It's like, no, you're, 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 you're a person. You have a brain. You can figure stuff out by doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Eh, ooh, everything about this fucking game. Like, the, 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 my, the complaints I had at the beginning, the reason I did those at the beginning was because I have no other fucking complaints about this game. Like, I don't at all. You can change your moves out without forgetting moves and then swap the moves back in if you want to use those moves yep. later. That's a Love fucking that. that's a fucking game changer. In my brain, even as a kid, I'm like, I don't when I learn how to karate chop, I don't have to learn, I don't have to forget how to fucking roundhouse to learn how to karate chop. I can keep learning both of those. I can keep using both of those. Why is my fucking Pokemon not smart enough? If it can understand human speech and form a relationship with me, why does it have to learn? Why does it have to forget how to fucking breathe in order to fucking learn how to fucking leer? It's so fucking stupid, but this game's like, nah. We're still gonna limit you to four move slots, so it's still balanced, and you can't, like, you know, obviously you can't, like, bring in your stupid shit. But, here you go. Uh, the fucking... The stats, um, the, the weird fucking, um, like the status ailments, mm. they're like different. They go away. Yeah. The, like you, Pokemon don't fall asleep. They get drowsy, which means they uh, don't move as quickly. Paralysis is still paralysis. Poison is still poison. But like after battle, it goes away. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's so many quality of life things with the, the status. Do IVs exist? I think they do because I, 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 I know that I caught. Okay. So I, I caught 600 boof in one go. Mm -hmm. Like in one go, they pay me twenty grand for six hundred bidoof. It was amazing. That's when I knew I love this game. 
because I just put, I was like, will this game let me catch 600 Bidoof and then go back to town? And it's like, you caught 600 Pokemon. They're all Bidoof, but 600 Pokemon, here's 20 grand. And I was like, oh my fucking God. So then I fucking, I looked through, the, I, I got rid of all the Bidoof that were over like level three. And then I looked up, and then all, I got rid of all the Bidoof that had EVs over at the side, because the, the numbers at the side are your EVs. Um, yeah. And then I was looking at all the ones with the zero EVs at level three, and it looked like IVs do exist because they all had different stats. Yeah, IVs. I mean, IVs and EVs are always going to be a thing in Pokemon inherently. They're, they're still going to be there. But. Yeah, they've been that since January. Yeah. But I love the fact that I can see the EVs now. Like. Well, you could. To be no. Fair, you could see them in um, Gen 5. Yeah, they. You could see the little chart had them on. You could see it there. But I know what you mean, though. It's actually a, more, it's a yeah, better way They got rid of Super Yeah, they show you. Yeah. So I uh, that super train. Oh my god! Of all the things to get rid of, getting rid of ugh. super training was the dumbest fucking thing. Like, come on! That was like the best way to trade your Pokemon and to EV train them was through the super training. Why would you get rid of that? And the mini games were actually fun. But this isn't ranting about that. Um, fucking. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I love this fucking game. I love the mastered move systems. I love switching between agile and strong depending on the situation. Mainly just because I like the animations and I love seeing my fucking um uh what is it, Quillava's the second form? Yeah, Quillava's the yeah, second form. Yeah, I love seeing my Quillava go do and then seeing a scroll go on, it goes do 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 and then fucking he dramatically goes in and attacks a dude for no reason. Um I love The animations too look great yeah. as well. Like the, the battle animations look great. Like they actually move forward and then do stuff. Yeah. Like when they come uh, out of the Pokeballs, looked, they'll do it's things. Just so like, fuck. When bro, I first saw the battles, I was like, ooh. And you can run around in front of the attacks and still get hit. Yeah, by them. I got like, yeeted I by that. a hyper beam doing that because I was trying to reposition myself. And the, this fucking um, uh, cricket trot, the big one. Yeah, cricket trot. He fucking <laughs> fucking hyper beamed my fucking uh, Quilava as I ran in front of it, and knocked my ass. I was like, oh. And then uh, and so after that, I was like, oh, can my own Pokemon hurt me? And it can too. You can walk in front of your own Pokemon yeah. as attack and get fucking eat yourself with it. It's fucking amazing. Um, I love that shit. Um, fucking, the fuck was I saying? Uh, you were squirting all over the floor about how good the battle system is. Yeah, fucking, uh, being able to walk around and like position myself and move before the battle actually ends and like start walking towards the next thing I want to go do as the battle's ending instead of waiting for the fucking menu to p take me back to the overworld. I didn't think that that would make so much of a difference, but oh my god, it does. And my favorite thing, yeah. my favorite thing about being in battles is when I got the Pokemon down to the, the little red thing, instead of going into the item menu and selecting a Pokeball, I just fucking clicked the throw the Pokeball button, and I throw a fucking Pokeball at it. Oh, that's in... And um, I, I skip. That's in um, Gen 5-4, they had that? Well, there's a little uh, optional yeah. screen, you yeah. press that. And then you go straight to your ball bag, yeah. and you can. But 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 this is uh, literally just, a. Choose, choose, this is literally end. in this game. You hold this button right here to ready the Pokeball to throw it. Okay. In the battle, you can click the same how button. Many, how many? Just to throw a fucking there? Pokeball at him. How many types of Pokeballs are there? Is oh no no, type? there are several Pokeballs. Yeah. So so no so. Oh, so how do you choose the type then in that situation? You can go. You, you, you can you can change the ball. There's a quick menu that's always there, and you just scroll, and then bam. Okay. So the cool thing about okay, so it's a more optimized version yeah. of that touchscreen tap it, it throws. The it. cool thing, okay. the cool thing about this game, 
is like you it's the crafting system i love the crafting system i am i have had so much money i spent all of it on just upgrading my bag i have not spent money on pokeballs yeah. i barely spent my pokeballs because of the crafting system i touched on this earlier but like the crafting system is so intricate like it, just collecting items is fun and like I've seen some of the Pokeballs you make because uh, Ali is way ahead of me. Like she is playing that game like crazy, and she she can craft Ultra Balls, Great Balls, Pokeballs, uh, Heavy Balls, um, Wing Balls. There's like another ball I haven't even seen yet. Like it's and, and it's and it makes sense. You can craft all these different types of Pokeballs because of you know Kurt creating different Pokeballs yeah. from different Apricorns. It's like it's the same fucking thing. I'm just like, Oh my God, I feel amazing. I am like self-sufficient and doing all this cool shit. I can make my own potions. I can make my own pokeballs. I can make my own revives. It's just like, bro, this fucking crafting system is awesome. And I love it. I, I, and that, that's good. I like the crafting system too, which is wild because fucking two months ago I was going, I'm so fucking tired of every single fucking video game thinking it needs to add a fucking crafting system. And this Pokemon was like, all right, hold my beer. <laughs> I don't have to go back to town Speaking to buy a fucking goddamn Pokeballs. I can just go, hey, Ponyta, you stupid slut, fucking go get those apicorn and apicorn from right there. And fucking go get that fucking stone from right there. And then I build a great ball. And then I just throw it at a monkey. And the monkey goes, fuck you, and slaps the ball out of the way and hits me with a hyper beam because it's a big monkey. I love this game. So wait, you can just build a ball like that. Why the hell did it take Kurt a day? Because Kurt is old. And a bitch. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined that he might be well, late. That too. Well, to be fair, <laughs> it was just a gameplay mechanic. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. And on the topic of beer, though, speaking of holding beers, uh, complete 180. So Mountain Dew is apparently doing adult versions of their beverages. Oh, yeah, the fucking Mountain Dew uh, hard seltzer water. Zero sugar. I, I, I want it. I kind of ha hate those hard seltzer type things. I mean, I also dislike Mountain Dew. I cannot drink Mountain Dew for the life of me. I have never tried Baja Blast because I just don't like the regular stuff. Okay. But... The viral tweet goes round of adult Mountain Dew Baja Blast, and I'm like, okay. okay. So here's the thing: I also hate Mountain Dew. In fact, for the longest time, I didn't even try Baja Blast because, like, I don't even like Mountain Dew. Uh, what's what are the odds I would like this? I was a fucking fool. I I, I wasted so much of my life not having Baja Blast, and then I could finally have Baja Blast again. And then I was like, man, I love this. And then I made the wise decision to cut sugar out of my diet. Which, let's be real, smart decision. I'm healthier for it. However, it means no more Baja Blast for Devin. Devin. Addendum to that, though, there is a zero-sugar Baja Blast that I got to try, and it was heavenly. Addendum to that, though, I can't fucking find any of it anywhere because it's always out of fucking stock. Exactly. Baja Blast Zero Sugar is the only fucking zero-sugar thing that wasn't a monster that didn't have a fucking zero-sugar aftertaste to it when I drank it. Baja Blast Zero Sugar... Oh. Just tastes like fucking Baja Blast, except slightly better because sugar tastes like shit to me now. <laughs> yeah, the the zero sugar Dr Pepper yeah, yeah. I really really like though the 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 cream sugar yeah, the, the zero the cream zero and Diet Dr Peppers taste pretty close to the original. Which yeah, is nice. the zero well the Diet Dr Pepper you can taste the difference, but like the zero sugar Dr Pepper and the zero sugar with cream soda Dr Pepper the best fucking Dr Peppers ever. Um, but 
back to what we were talking about though with the Baja Blast. Bro, I fucking need I want that hard seltzer. I need to try it. I have opinions on Alco Pops, which are probably not good. Like, uh, I don't know. There's... Like, why are they doing this? Well, there's two reasons why they're doing this. There's one real easy reason, which is the funny reason, which is it's for people who want to drink, but are bitches about the taste of alcohol. Uh, also, reason two why is these things go down very easily. Reason two why they're also very easy to market to alcoholics. Like, there's no way around it. The alcohol pops thing we saw in the UK for a long time had a huge knock-on effect with alcoholism. Uh, we saw super strength lagers for the same reason. For God's sake, in Scotland, let's talk about Bucky. Let's talk about Buckfast. So I don't know. I'm, I kind of saw it, and I was like, "Oh, this seems like a funny meme." That in my mind, I'm just like, "Ah, and yeah, right." It got the exact uh, fucking reaction you wanted it to because a bunch of people like me retweeted it and go, "Finally, alcohol for me!" And now a bunch of little kids see us going, "Hmm, yeah. Baja Blast alcohol," and they're gonna get that weird guy who fucking hangs out at the corner store to go buy them a bunch of it. I was in high yeah, school. I know go. how it goes. Okay. Yeah. Back home, it was WKDs, right? It was like alcohol. They're, they're unofficial as alcohol pops, but they come in like little brightly colored bottles. They look like little bottles of pop. And uh, they would be like limeade flavored mm-hmm. or blue raspberry flavored or cherry flavored. You yeah, we have we have those stateside with the uh, with the Smirnoff. Uh, Smirnoff. Yeah. Well, Smirnoff is a bit different because Smirnoff at least tastes of vodka. These just no, the Smirnoff like- yeah. ice ones. They're straight up alcohol alcohol pops. They're uh, malted beverages. They don't have any vodka in them. Oh, I did not know that. I've never fucked around with those to be fair with you. But yeah, like I'm just like so, and I'm just like oh, the cynic in me is just like I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. Well. I'm also a Scotch drinker, so I like the taste of yeah. alcohol. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. I understand. I, <laughs> so I've got no to I understand where you're coming from with that, and I understand where yeah. where the grievances come from with the potential of it, like kids drinking it and becoming alcoholics. I I completely understand that. It, it's definitely something. Oh, it's less it's less the kids drinking. It I worry about they'll do something. Look, kids will kids tend to learn one way or the other. Also, I prefer. I come from a country that drinking age is 18, and there's been a lot of time in countries where drinking age is even lower than that at 16. Kids will get. Usually 15, 16. I'm going to be blunt with you. I got shit-faced at the age of 14, 15. Did it once. Got completely fucked up and went, I'm not doing getting that drunk again. And have I gotten drunk since? Of course I have, but I haven't gotten yeah. that drunk since. You kind of learn the hard way. Um, and you do dumb shit like that. The pro- I have less issues with that as an angle. The issue I more have with it is because these things go down very easily is they're basically drinks for alcoholics. Yeah. There's no way around it. They're basically aimed at alcoholics and they know yeah. it. I, I mean, like I have a passing interest in everything, and I'm not an alcoholic. Like I rarely drink. It's a very occasional drink. I used to drink heavily when I was in college. Um, well, that's a bit I mean, yeah, but like, I mean, we. I've drank a lot less since I moved to the states, but then again, the culture for drinking isn't the same here as it is back home. Well, okay, I think for me, my drinking changed tremendously after I was sexually assaulted while I was drunk. Um, well, yeah, and I and I've never gotten that drunk again. Like I, I've never gotten blackout drunk to the point where someone could take advantage of me. Like it, I, I've never gotten drunk to the point where I can't remember what I'm doing or what has happened to me. Um, yeah, and I'm never gonna get that drunk again if I can help it. Um, fair enough. So with that being said, though, I do enjoy the occasional drink. And I yeah. like mixing drinks and stuff. I like, you know, having different tastes to my alcohols. Um, 
And honestly, I mean, yeah, I would like to try the the hard seltzer Baja Blast. And my recording just froze. Oh no, what's going on, Reaper? What are you doing? We hit the two hour mark. It's okay, probably splitting into another file. Whew, scared the shit out of me for a second there. <laughs> Jesus Christ on a bike scared me too because I'm like, motherfucker, if you're the reason it drops this week. <laughs> hey, Mark, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mark, uh, we killed Devin. You want to be the new third? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I want to try it. I do want to try it. Um, yeah. Just because, like, a lot of uh, companies are doing that sort of thing now where they're making, like, a, like hard yeah. seltzers. Like, Sonic recently did one. Where they did like um, the hedgehog? No, not the hedgehog. Sonic the 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 restaurant. <laughs> you know the one. Um, eh, they know. they did one for like their cherry limeade and their ocean uh, water and the mo the mango like stuff like that. Um, and it was you know it was pretty good. Like I I actually really enjoyed mixing the uh, the ocean water uh, hard seltzer with some butterfly PT and made a very refreshing. Uh, alcoholic tea beverage that I would honestly go to in the summer. Like that's like my go-to. Like like I really liked it. Like the coconut and tea together. It was it was very good. Um. So I mean, like, I'm, am I gonna do that with the fucking Mountain Dew Baja Blast? Fucking God, no, I'm not. It's no. Nah, I think I think if we do it, like I think one, we should do it as like a threesome, and we should order absolutely at the same time and just just get you know do it properly get ourselves then. some butt pee and then regret it and wash it all down with some you know hard mountain dew blah blah, blah. which will probably make you butt pee. yeah more. i mean you know taco bell gives you butt pee i haven't had taco bell in years i just don't live near i had a couple now. nights ago it is the worst fucking slop at this point now it Oh, well, yeah. No shit. It was always bad. <laughs> I kind of just got on worse with shortages and I had to stretch things even further. It used now. to be good when I was, like, even more broke than I am now. But because it was just, like, cheap go-to food that I yeah. could just grab and eat on the way to work. Because, you know, it's a burrito. You get, like, a full meal for five bucks. box for, like, yeah, five yeah. bucks. And, like, how do you get it that cheap? But here's the thing, though. It, that's also kind of what it is, is a attribute of our own fucking uh obesity problem stateside is because all the unhealthy shit is incredibly fucking cheap and oh, yeah. it's kind of what not it goes only that, to but when you're poor as fuck you're usually working more than one job or if you're working one job you're working 80 fucking hours a week at that one job pulling a bunch of overtime yeah. just to be able to pay for your house you don't really have time to cook so you go to fucking convenience and shit yeah i hate this fucking conversation did you see that shit going around where a bunch of people were like, oh, fucking EBT should only be able to fucking pay for this specific healthy shit because fucking poor people don't deserve any convenience at all because the reason they're poor and unhealthy is because they eat bad and they choose to be that way. You see that bullshit going on? It's not fucking poor people's fault that. that they fucking eat unhealthy. It's your fucking fault for not supporting fucking changing the goddamn system that fucking made them fucking have to suffer where they are to begin with. God damn. Yep. Uh, that is a new record for the latest anime political rant to us 10 minutes. Carry on, Devin. No, I mean, that's kind of all there is to it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, like that's... Yeah. It's the unhealthy shit is super cheap, and it that needs to change. Uh, and, and I saw a thing recently, though, on Twitter where they were like, uh, what was it? It's like, if, if, uh, if your neighbor was able to take care of half an acre of land and uh, 35 laying hens, uh, there would be no egg industry anymore and you could just get eggs like that. And I'm just sitting there like, 
clearly you never grew up on a farm because i did you yeah. know how much of yeah, about to yeah. Say, like you know, i can get eggs quite cheaply around here but like no one's taking care of that many chickens by do the you know like like when i was a kid growing up on on a farm you know how many fucking chickens that like we had to take care of we had like maybe 13 14 and even that was a pain in the ass because like they 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 run around they get out of their pen all the fucking time they're always like in your yard they're destroying shit they're like they shit everywhere they will they harass other animals they like chickens are assholes okay like they are the oh my, my neighbor my neighbor when i was growing up had chickens and like the amount of times they got into our garden and we were like hey can you come get your bird it's like trying to destroy the garden it would like go into the vegetable patch and like try to eat stuff but also try and peck the ground and get out the roots yeah. and stuff and like uh well, hey here's the real least. big fucking hot take stupid fucking tweet that made a fucking stupid ridiculous fucking point that it shouldn't fucking make because it's fucking addressing a fucking symptom of the issue and not the actual fucking issue itself uh if we had a fucking centralized system that uh instead of fucking privatizing fucking food and making a fucking commodity fucking d- made sure that every fucking person in America was fucking fed and taken care of and that food was right, we wouldn't need grocery stores or your stupid fucking idea to begin with. Huh? How about that one? Fucking stupid fucking sack of shit. Oh, how do we solve capitalism? By making capitalism more exclusive. Dipshit. That's just infuriating as fuck. People are dumb. People think their opinions are always right and uh, people should get slapped in the face sometimes. Yeah. Speaking of opinions, this is the last thing I want to talk about. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last thing I want to talk about. Okay. I think we can end the okay. podcast here. Okay. So there has been a tweet going around where a anime reviewer, uh, totally not Mark, was saying out of context, said that uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged helped out during the drought of content that we had between the time of the ending of GT and the beginning of Battle of Gods. And okay, yeah, that's fine. Well, see, here's the thing that was taken out of context, and someone said that's a shit opinion. And because the reason he said that was because he was arguing for the fact that his okay, for reference, his account had been hit really hard by Toei Animation because he did a bunch of reviews for One Piece, okay? Yeah, and Toei hit his account and basically took away his entire life like that's his that's his life's work, that's what he's been doing, yeah. And that's his, literally his job. And Toei hit him so hard that he almost had to give up his job, his dream job. So with that... Yeah, so like, if it was to deal with the copyright claims, it would be like, the amount of time you had to wait in between, it would be like over 200 years. Exactly. Something stupid exactly. like that? Like, what the fuck, YouTube? Exactly. And with that being said, he recently came out on top of that one, and he won that fight. And he's just like, hey. he's like, I don't understand why the rights holders are like this towards content creators. It's not like we're just like showing this stuff on air and taking away money from you. And if anything, you know, content creators are good for the content itself. I mean, look at Dragon Ball Z abridged helping with the popularity there. And people took that. I can't answer that. Go ahead. I can't answer that. So to cut you off, but um, this is not me. Defending no, absolutely. It. I'm going to throw it out there. It's not me defending it. Uh, the reason why. So in Japan, fair use does not yeah. exist. Uh, the the amounts of loopholes you have to jump through to be able to even show like an image of a character that belongs to a, an animation company or any company of that matter is ridiculous because this is not a stereotype. This is the truth when it comes to Japanese bureaucracy. I've dealt with it a few times. They love paperwork mm-hmm. and any way they can kind of make it more bureaucratic, bureaucratic process, they will because they love that order and 
process of doing things. Um, so that's part of the reason why they're so aggressive right. about it. And as far as why particularly Toei is fucking notorious for this, fuck Toei, by the way, um, why they're so notorious for this is because a large part of it is that part of it used to be they didn't understand that how YouTube yeah. worked, right? Uh, I don't buy that anymore. A large part of it now is that they think they can play the big company and kind of bully their way through to try and get the Japanese mindset of fair use when it comes to how people view their content. They want you to view it in a very particular way, so they'll bully out, they'll try to bully out anything that isn't like from an official right. source. Yeah. Uh, that is on that topic, shit, frankly. On that topic, though, that's that. actually related to how Mark won the case. Uh, so it turns out that Toei yeah. was actually acting on Japanese copyright law and trying to enforce it internationally no uh, and youtube yeah. realized what was going on and they blocked toei from being able to action uh copyright issues for things outside of japan uh and has have now had a de facto mm. statement that japanese copyright law only applies to videos that are available in japan so mark videos as long as mm -hmm. they're not available in japan cannot be actioned against anymore yeah yeah, which is good. Which, to be fair, why the hell would anyone really... Well, unless you're, like, really trying to learn English from him. But no, you like, wouldn't. Why would you be, like, watching his content in Japan? He's Australian. Why yeah. is, am well, I and as an American watching his shit? It, fucking, that doesn't matter anymore. It's an international okay, community. Well, okay, well, okay, 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 smartass. Why would, and why would someone who doesn't speak English or understand English... A lot of people in Japan content, speak English. But... Anyway, let's, before we getting off, the yeah, let's let's stop. Back to, stop, back to point, the point. point there and hit him with a big so egg. the whole thing that caused this entire conversation was some fucking random Twitter account was with shit opinion, yeah. and I was just like, okay, first of all, you took it out of context. Second of all, he's kind of right. Like, let's be real. Say, so like, really the ending of GT in general blows. I don't like GT. Okay. And every well, no one did. That's why they suffered exactly. <laughs> and then uh, most of the Dragon Ball Z games after Dragon Ball Z, like Tenkaichi three, and 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 between Tenkaichi three and I would say Battle of Gods coming out, there was like nothing really worth interacting with there. Um, and I think that is what needs to be said. It's not that there was a drought of content. That's absolutely not true. There were a lot of games that came out during that time. There was a lot of things that Dragon Ball was doing, but it wasn't the giant it it could have been because that content wasn't super yeah, it great. It wasn't a drought of content. It and, was a drought of good yeah. content because you had fucking Raging Blast exactly. coming out. Exactly. Like, like, like we, we finally got good Dragon Ball Z content because Kai was bad too. Dragon Ball Z Kai was bad as well. Like, no, don't let anyone tell no, you that it was Dragon wasn't. Ball Kai's good. I, I, I don't like a lot of the cuts they did. Xander, stop being a fucking I'm not being a fucking country. Anyway. It's more close to the manga. I fucking hate the additions that the anime did, and fucking being closer to the source material is more important to me. So Blue Popo is source material, or...? Yeah. D stop it! Stop it! Get to fucking point. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we made it for two hours and 20 minutes. There... The way he said it, I will agree, was wrong. He shouldn't have said there was a drought of content. He should have said there was a drought of content worth Meaning. interacting with but saying that dragon ball z abridged didn't do anything for dragon ball's popularity is straight up a lie because like if it were for dragon ball z abridged i wouldn't have gotten back into dragon ball to the point where i actually read all of the dragon ball manga starting with dragon ball i wouldn't have gotten into even wanting to do voiceover work i wouldn't have 
gotten to the point where I am just so ingrained in different series because of those parody works. Like I kind of had an interesting back and forth with my wife the other day because a lot of the shows I'm into, I'm into because there were parodies of them that got me to get back into them. Like I will admit, yeah, I love Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, but I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! long before the Abridged series was a thing. Yeah. I watched same, and to be honest with you, the reason I got back into it and got competitive with the card game and when I did when I was younger was because I enjoyed a bridge time. Exactly. Same thing with, with Dragon Ball Z Bridge. Fucking I wouldn't have gotten so hard into Fist of the North Star if it weren't for Dub of the North Star. I literally like, have never and watched that's only- Fist of the North Star before I watched fucking Dub of the North Star. And Dub of the North Star was such a fucking exquisite fucking production and it fucking touched my heart so fucking thoroughly that I've now watched and read the entirety of Fist of the North Star. So get fucked people <laughs> yeah like and, and my argument this is my entire argument for the abridged series and parody parodies of content in general they're important for people who cannot afford access to that content because let's be real when dragon ball z was in america you could only get it on cable channels okay so imagine you're me a kid growing up in the middle of nowhere with no access to any television outside of my local channels. I don't have cable. I barely have internet and I can't use that internet to watch anything because streaming isn't a thing yet. I mean, I, and, and I can't just like go to these random Japanese sites because my internet service is like 0.5 kilobytes a second. If I'm lucky and nobody else is on the computer or watching something, you know? So like, I can't really watch Dragon Ball. I can't really watch Yu Yu show. I can't really watch Yu-Gi-Oh! online and stuff like that like I really want to or or when I want to because of these time constraints of that the content is provided because of cable, because of airing rights, because of all this shit. But that's the beauty of a fucking abridged series. While it does have its its own jokes, while it has its own moments, while it has its own take on a series, for the most part, the people making these series genuinely love the series that they're making fun of, that they're making content out of, and they want to put their own fun spin on it while still like trying to do a, a bit of a story and let people enjoy it. You know, like fuck, man. I'm not saying no one is saying Dragon Ball Z abridged is better than than basic Dragon Ball. I mean, they've got 20 fucking years of foresight that Akira Toriyama didn't have to make be- like make story decisions that he didn't. That's a fact. But like the original is always going to be there. If anything, it made people want to get back into the original source material. It made me get back into the original source material. It made me get back into Yu-Gi-Oh. It made me get into fucking Helsing. It made me get in the Fist of the North Star. It made me get back into Yu Hakusho. Like it fucking got me into Lupin. Like, like fucking just shut the fuck up. Like stop complaining about the fact that it helped a series stay popular and help more people get into your, your fucking fandom. Because here's the thing. You should be happy that those series exist. You should be happy that they're out there being created by content creators, by people in your community, getting more people into your fucking community. Like, I understand that you can get annoyed by some of the people just doing the repetitive jokes, like the fucking card games on motorcycles jokes. It's fucking old. It's not funny anymore. I get it. It's annoying. 
but it's still a person in your fandom who is willing to interact with that content. And I think you should be happy for it because that means it gives the content creators, the original rights holders to that content, more of a reason to make more shit for your show well, and for your help, series. This is how this is how the Shonen Jump definitely leaned into it, particularly with that Yu-Gi-Oh as well. They heavily leaned into a lot of the abridged series jokes. Oh yeah, no, the, the Konami's in on it. They, they Konami it literally it. has a skill for Tristan in uh, Duel Links called Super Strength. <laughs> exactly like that's what that's there for <laughs> and and literally like i'm pretty i'm pretty sure we're one more bad uh straight to dvd movie away from kaiba just finally officially going screw the rules oh that'll never happen as long as eric stewart's in charge of the dubbing with the with the four kids media that'll that'll never happen i know it's konami Boo. whatever but it's never gonna happen he hates you go bridge get over it Boo. Boo. Boo this man for many a reason, aside from just that one, I have I've aired my grievances with him before. Hasn't Ryan only seen Dragon Ball Z abridged? Maybe? I think he's the friend. I don't of know. Mine that's I, only seen the I've abridged watched... version. I've seen a fair bit of original Dragon Ball, but I must admit, in recent years, I've watched it significantly more abridged. Like, actually, one of my favorite things to do when I'm doing something, I don't, I I just want something for background noise. Like, actually. While I'm cleaning out my turtles tank, which I do once a month or so, I will usually put on the Dragon Ball Z abridged movies because no lie, yeah, no lie, the yeah, Broly is Broly a literal fucking masterpiece. Like I, yeah. I love. The... I watch Broly yeah. by itself oh. as a movie because it's just that yeah. good. I love the Bardock uh, one so specifically because uh, Frieza's like, say goodbye to your son, Bardock. And he's like, I have a son. Oh, God, I have two of those. Like, oh, wait, that's my favorite fucking line. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, just. The thing that kills me is the uh, the Bardock special mm -hmm. one where he's like, he's gone back into the past and just like, wait, if you're saying. And those old ass scouters. This is. Oh, my God. <laughs> what year is it? 222 BC or AD. The fuck are those? I'm in the fucking past. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just lose yeah. it. I love I, it. I love that one too. But but that no. I feel like the whole but that is I feel like the whole stupid fucking argument about like duh, this bridge series don't contribute to blah blah blah. I, shut the fuck up. You're completely just discrediting the work that these people put into this thing. Like as a fucking series itself, Dragon Ball Z Abridge is one of the most well written fucking pieces of fictional fucking media I've ever had the fucking pleasure of watching. Like the, 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 the first yeah. season's really rough, and the first half of season two is really rough. But, like, after that, it's legitimately, like, a well-written fucking self-contained show. They, they drop the referential humor, and they start, like, literally having its own fucking, like, world and universe that they fleshed out and build upon and stuff. And it's like, yeah, as Devin said, they have the foresight of being able to use stuff, uh, concepts and shit Akira Toriyama already came up with, but they take it in their own fucking directions and shit like that. And then fucking they have entirely different characterizations and shit. People are like, oh, they fucking people meme on the Goku's a bad dad because of Team Four Star. No, people meme on Goku's a bad dad because we've been fucking making the joke that he's been a bad dad since fucking before fucking Dragon Ball Z Abridged came out. Fucking Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3 on the PS2 fucking comes out and the entire fucking time me and my dad are playing it we're joking about how fucking bad of a dad goku is and how fucking piccolo's gohan's real fucking daddy yeah that joke has fucking existed forever bitch it ain't the fucking abridged series that's doing it you're fucking putting the things that you hate about the fandom and the perception of the fucking series onto something that didn't even fucking do it yamcha's always yep. been a joke and even 
Yeah, Yamcha's always been joking. And even on the on the on the note that Goku's a bad dad, to be fair, that's really not his fault. Because if you play DBC Kakarot, you can see how much he loves Gohan and how much like there's literally a scene where he's like, Gohan, like like when Gohan's training in the other in uh on the world of the Kai's, Goku's like, Gohan, I'm so sorry I wasn't there for you growing up. I you know, I'm proud of the man you've become. And I wish I could have been there for you as your dad. Like, he regrets not being there for his son. And to be fair, it's not his fault. Like, let's be real. For the first, like, three years of Gohan's life, he was there the whole time. And literally from the second he gets kidnapped by Raditz all the way up until, I would say, the year before he goes in the hyperbolic time chamber with his with Goku, he barely gets to interact with Goku. Because, like, Goku is dead, okay? He comes back, fights Vegeta, is critically injured, and then... Immediately after that, Gohan goes to space to go find the Dragon Balls. And then after that, during the fight with Frieza, Goku disappears again because he's trading with the Yard on Yardrat. And then he comes back. And then after that, he trains with Gohan for a little bit. He gets a little bit of time with Gohan there. And then it comes succumbs to the heart virus. He's out there again. And then after he recovers, yeah, he's in the time chamber with his son for a year. And then after that, he fucking dies again and is gone for seven years. So it's not Goku's fault that he's a bad dad. The circumstances around it are why he was not there for Gohan. That's 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 not even the point I was making. Sorry, I. Well, well, I'm gonna go back to the point that I was like, even the show itself makes jokes about Gohan, not Gohan, about Goku not being a great uh, husband either. Well, it's a great bit in Super where, like, you know. You've never kissed. You've never kissed okay. your wife. But people will no. argue. People what? will argue that <laughs> yeah, that they, interpretation they, they of Goku is colored by Dragon Ball Z abridged. This is the kind of shit I was seeing in the fucking cesspool hell site that is fucking Twitter.com that I have to fucking be a part of in order to try to fucking promote my stupid fucking quote unquote brand and get people to listen to my fucking music because that's the fucking hell state of the world that we're in now. But fucking like a lot of the arguments of that shit is like the only reason he fucking says that shit in Super is because the Dragon Ball Z abridged made it popular to make that joke. No, dipshits. He has always been fucking stupid when it comes to romance and shit. He didn't understand what marriage was, and the only reason he's with Chi-Chi isn't out of fucking love. He grew to love her, like, later. Yeah, I'm not gonna, like, dismiss that. And he's not, like, a bad dad. The reason me and my dad made jokes about fucking Piccolo being his fucking real father as a fucking kid is because Piccolo's literally the one that's there for him. It's not that Goku's fucking bad. It's that he wasn't around. Goku doesn't start making bad decisions until the Boo arc. That's when he starts being fucking stupid. Yeah. But like before that, yes, Devin's right. Goku's Goku's Goku. a victim of circumstance, and his relationship with his yeah. son is entirely predicated on fucking necessity. Yeah, and, and on the note with Goku being a bad husband, he thought marriage was a sandwich. Yeah, he thought it was a food. He literally thought marriage was a sandwich. And, <laughs> I and, forgot and about that. I forgot about when that. When Chi at like when he when he got Chi Chi's hand in marriage, he thought it was a fucking yeah. sandwich. He thought it was and food. like the whole reason. He's a, he was the whole stupid. reason he goes through with the marriage is because he goes, oh well, I promised you, so I better keep the promise. Exactly, because like that's Goku. He's stupid and wholesome. He can't. I mean, he's a himbo. Oh my god, the bit in fucking the original Dragon Ball where he's just like, "Are you a boy?" What and just starts like kicking her in like the crotch. No wiener. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Goku's an idiot. That's how it is. But, but, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, back to the whole point. It's it's not Team Four Stars' fault that you have issues with Dragon Ball. Thanks. You're looking for a scapegoat. Just admit yeah. it. Akira Toriyama, I love him. He's I love his works. He's an influential, inspirational dude. 
he is not the greatest writer, and the issues you have with Dragon Ball are stem from the creator of Dragon Ball. I'm sorry. Your series is flawed. Everything is. I mean, the, also the three-player, the Dragon Ball fan base has also been, for years, a bit of a joke because it's either people who think they're too Pascal and super edgy, <coughs> perfect legend, who think they are Vegeta, or it's, you know, people who just know memes. And it's always been like that. Like, for God's sake, the over 9,000 thing has been going on longer than Team 4-Star. Yeah, that's why it was such a fucking joke in fucking Team 4-Star. It's like, oh, it's over 9,000. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, 1,006. Exactly. Like, ah, oh, wait. Let's get out of the way now because, you know, we, we know it's just going. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's been going on for fucking yeah. years. Like, it don't, the Dragon Ball fan base has always been the Dragon Ball fan base. They're, how do I put this politely? They are... Um, they got brain worms. They're the Marvel fans of anime. I'm going to throw that out there. I'm going to throw that out there. And we're going to leave it at that. Oh my God. <laughs> That's fighting oh words. Oh my God. This is two hours and a half in. I can make that fighting word joke. And I'm not going to have repercussions. Because Dragon Ball fans haven't got the attention to go through Jesus two and a half hours. Christ. <laughs> oh! 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 Oh my God. Oh my God. This has been insert title here. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, but that's it. That's literally all I have to say on that one. Um, leave Mark alone. He didn't do anything wrong. He he misworded his argument, and that's all I have to say I, on that fuck matter. It. I don't We're even think he that. misworded his fucking argument. If you create bad fucking content, you're not releasing content. That's a drought of content. Burst limit? In yeah. Infinite World, Raging Blast 1 and 2, Sagas, all that other fucking shit? No. Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Z for Kinect. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon oh, Ball God, Z had no! fucking nothing worthwhile from the end of Z to the fucking announcement of Battle of Gods. There was nothing fucking good that came out there. And everybody acting like fucking Mark had fucking misworded his fucking argument or whatever, he is fucking fully correct. There was no fucking content because bad content isn't fucking content. This has been Insert Title here. Suck my dick. I, I prefer my joke to his, but... <laughs> this has been Insert Title here. Uh, you know the links. You know us. <laughs> give us the follows. Give us the listens. Uh, Unless you're a Dragon Ball fan, in which case, if you've turned the computer on, you know, I'm very impressed you've gotten this far. Um, please leave a comment telling me how you managed to... Uh, uh, the views and opinions of, of also, technical kegnecks on Dragon Ball fans do not reflect the views and opinions <laughs> of Insert Title here. It's the Horse Podcast. Alexander... Satohara or Mogus Industries as a whole. All <laughs> fandoms are bad, but fucking that doesn't make the individual people in their fucking trash or stupid. Also, uh, if you could, uh, in the comments, please tell me why Infinite World isn't just Budokai 3, but bad because no beam struggles and no map. Anyways, bye. Bye. Oh, do be fair, leave in the comments as well why they should remake Budokai Tenshaichi Hentai 4 or whatever the fuck it was instead of another Dragon Ball Fighters game. Right, bye! Fuck you! Give me Dragon Ball Fighters 2.